Hello and welcome, everyone. Um, this is a very special edition of our stream, of everybody's stream. Um, for, that is, uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Ty Worsham, and I'm the host of the Loose Screws pod, podcast. And we are bringing together the Low Sodium Super Friends Fleet Carrier Roundtable. So I'm going to go down in alphabetical order because try to rank people by awesomeness, we would it would be impossible. So alphabetically, uh, we got Mr. Crazy Driver, Alec Turner. How's it going this morning? Evening, good whatever it is for you. Hi, everyone. Hello. <laughs> um, from the Burr Pit, we have the amazing and beautiful Commander Reenie. How are you doing this morning? Oh, Evening. I really thought that was going to be very well. Nicely done. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we, Here we have. Go. Here we go. Yep. Come on. <laughs> And then we also have uh, from Down to Earth Nine. <laughs> and apparently, uh, Rini decided to let Commander Burr out of his cage and join us. So, how's it, it going? Sunday. I'm very well, thank you, mate. Hello, everyone. Yeah, really good. Thanks. Um, I'm really glad to have to have you guys. Uh, from Down to Earth Astronomy, we have the one and only Astro back. I think you just got back from your trip, didn't you? Um, yeah. Well, most of it was cancelled because. Of, well, oh yeah, yeah. Human thing, malware. Yeah, yeah. Malware. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Galnet News Digest, we have Commander Watherspoon. Good evening. And of course, and I think I actually don't know my ABCs because GHI. <laughs> no, I did it right. <laughs> Uh, we also have Commander Joe Plater with us. How are you doing there, sir? I'm good, thank you. Um, I, I'm not sure about the ABC thing, you know. Yeah, I, I, got, <laughs> look, look, I got I got confused for just a second there about the difference between G and J. Don't don't worry about it. It's I'm slow, man. Um, <laughs> and of course, I also have from the Loose Screws podcast. I have uh, Commander Kai. Hello, hello, brother. You, you really, if you were going to do it in order of awesomeness, it should have just been Rini and a bunch of other dudes. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a sweet talker. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> and I also have uh, Commander Trax with us. We have the whole crew from uh, Loose Group. How's it going there, Trax? Oh, we're all right here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever. Hello. So I think everybody is actually streaming to their own individual platform. So let me just say hello to everybody out there. So I'm not. Oh, well. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I might use this in evidence later. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I think it's only the well, we're streaming, right? We're definitely going to get roasted by Watherspoon, and that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm streaming to my whole way. So kind of the point of all this is that there has been a fair amount of negativity, some warranted, most not warranted about fleet carriers and actually FDEV in general of, of late. So we kind of got together and decided we wanted to talk about, we wanted to have number one, some constructive conversations and some constructive feedback that we could provide listeners and provide FDEV because there's some, there's some there's some really good things with fleet carriers, and there's some really negative things with fleet carriers. And we wanted to talk about the beta process and how some things have changed, some things we still want to see changed, and some things that were kind of changed 
quietly and didn't really tell nobody. So we're going to get right into it. Um, kind of our first thing I want to talk about is the I want I want to hear y'all's thoughts on fleet carriers as a product from the April 2nd announcement and what y'all thought about it. And we'll just go down the list. Uh, Alec? Okay. Um, so do you mean just generally thoughts on fleet carriers before we got to see them in beta? Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of what you thought about what they would be and kind of maybe how they kind of played out a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, I mean, my role in this discussion might be fairly small because I, I never really, I, I was never really that excited about fleet carriers. I didn't see much of a role for myself personally. I guess I obviously imagined that they would be a big ship that would carry your fleet, uh, that you'd be able to move around. I, I kind of one of the people that liked the idea that they were a squadron thing and was kind of mildly, eh, whatever, uh, you know, it seemed a shame that they made them personal. But um, yeah, you know, I just thought they'd be a big ship that would carry people's fleets and you could move them around the galaxy. So in, in, in that regard, that's exactly what we got. Okay. Um, Commander Burr, let's hear your thoughts. (laughs) Um, I was, yeah, I mean, overall, I suppose with the initial announcement, I was, uh, generally speaking, I was quite pleased. It was, it was, they were, I I guess, sort of about what I was expecting rather than uh, if I had all the money in the world and all the time to spend it, what I, what I would have liked. Um, that's to say, like technologically wise, they they sort of very much been implemented as a as a large movable station, rather than uh, you know uh, something like a huge anaconda where you could sit on a bridge and steer it around. And um, we were having a discussion actually, funny in the house today, as to whether that would have actually made a difference to how you how you use your carrier. And the the general opinion we came to, which I'm sure we'll get onto later, is probably it probably wouldn't have changed anything anyway. But and also, I just think trying to implement something like that would have just been horrendously expensive. But with the initial announcement, I was generally speaking, I was very pleased. Although the uh, the decommissioning issue did give me a moment of pause, I have to say, quite uncomfortable pause as well. Well, let's go to Commander Rini. Uh, without understanding them an awful lot, because I'm new to the game, probably one of the newer ones to the game, so I didn't have my history with fleet carrier. I was glad to see some content. Um, the initial look at it looked quite exciting without delving too deep into it, because obviously a lot since then. Um, I think the wait had been so long, there was a kind of relief almost to just see something come out. Um, but then obviously what's happened since then has dragged it down quite severely. So, But on the details of what they actually brought to the game, they were quite new to me, so it's taken me the last couple of weeks to sort of get my head around them and what they can do. But yeah, I was pleased to see just something come out. Long wait of complete and utter silence. FDev. Let's go to Astro. Yeah, I mean, we knew for a long time that they were going to be personally owned. They were moving away from the uh, from the squadron owned um, carrier concept, and I think the initial um, what they came out with was was pretty close to what I had expected. Um, they were a little closer to actual stations. Um, I, I thought it would be more like ships, but um, overall, I was I was pretty happy with the, what they came out with in uh, uh, with the initial announcements. There were some obvious things there that uh, 
that needed changing. Um, upkeep being one of them, but I'm pretty sure we'll get into the more, much more of that in a in a second. But overall, I think it was was pretty spot on um, what I had. Uh, um, what I had expected. There was definitely some features in there that I hadn't expected, like uh, like the commodity market and the ability to sell ships and modules. But um, but overall, like the things I expect them to do, it's they can can do. Water spoon. Well, I suppose I like to I like to sort of think of it kind of holistically that um, these things have been two and a half years in the brewing. And they were announced way, way, way back in October 2017 at uh, Frontier Expo 2017 by Sandros and Marco as a little nice add-on to squadrons. Okay, so that's, that's, that's what they were originally sort of intended to be. I think over the development time, they've changed. They're not that anymore. They're not an add-on into, in, into squadrons. What they are now is the precursor to what's coming at the end of the year. Um, certainly the, the, the existence of player-owned persistent objects is a massive change in the way that, that um, Elite Dangerous works. And rather, rather than thinking, thinking of fleet carriers on their own, I'd prefer to think of them as something that might be telling us what's going to come in the future. And and I'm reasonably positive that, that that what we've got is something that is effectively a movable station, but it's a station that we own that's persistent across all the different versions of the game, all the different instances of the game, all the platforms, um, and some some something that we can kind of put our flag on and say this is this is ours, this is this is my fleet carrier. Yeah. Uh, Commander Plater. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking back to that 2017 as well. Uh, you know when they were first spoken about, and the idea of them being squadron carriers and it being something to work to as a squadron, and the fact they've been changed to essentially individual private carriers. I've got no particular issue with that. I'm I'm okay with that kind of happening. I saw that, and again we've known about that for kind of quite a while that would be coming, um, and I was okay with that. You know I thought it was like yep. Yeah, cool that's all right um i will endeavor to make sure i have enough money to have one so i can give it you know my squadron can use it and it's kind of i'm in a i guess kind of a unique position because i did know for quite a while that the idea was coming that we were going to be able to upgrade them or purchase them purchase new facilities for them um well, I've said it before, you know, I sat down for, for breakfast after the Frontier Expo with Adam Woods and Sandro, and they kind of spoke about that as an idea. Um, and it's interesting to see how that's kind of evolved over the last two and a half years uh, to kind of give us what we have now. And like Joe said, a little bit of tweaking, but overall, I'm feeling pretty positive about them. I, I like the game mechanics that they can potentially introduce, and they have just a little bit of tweaking on the numbers front. Kai? So I'm going to be a little bit of a roller coaster ride of emotions here. Um, the first question or the first thing here you're talking about is as they were on the announcement on April 2nd. And at that point, I was over the moon happy. I was like, holy crap, this isn't just going to be like, OK, we have these lo three loadouts. This is now way more sort of granularly customizable. You could kind of set it to your use case. The 25,000 tons of storage was like, heck yeah. I had to modify myself there. Uh, the, uh, the, the, 
Um, player trading, I was super excited about. And everything was thumbs, huge thumbs up as of April 2nd. We're going to get to a little bit of a downturn in my feelings on the next question. Tracks. Uh, yeah, so for me too, I, I again, I felt kind of roller coastery. I tried to not let my hopes get up about unreleased things just in general because I feel like I know better, but I'm a human being and it's kind of impossible to fully do that. Um, but I was really excited when things were announced. Um, and not, I, I don't, I didn't feel like it was going to change all that much that it went from being a squadron based thing to a player owned thing because it's so expensive that it would end up being sort of a squadron used thing anyway. Um, so I don't know. All, all, all things seemed quite good on April 2nd to me. And I, I was rather excited as well. And I, so I think I echo Kai on that. So let's uh, let's spin around, and this is kind of a two-parter here. So first, I want to know your thoughts on whoa, the whoa, bait. whoa! Yes, we, we didn't hear the thoughts of Ty on question one. I want to hear uh, your <laughs> thoughts too, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I haven't been excited about fleet carriers ever since they were squadron carriers, and uh, I, I the only thing that was kind of out there for me was. I mean, you can go back and listen to other episodes of of the, my podcast, and here my idea was to fly one out and then take my vet, do exploring, and then jump another 500 light years, do exploring in a 500 light year bubble, and keep doing that over and over again. In your vet? Yes, in my well, in my from my fleet carrier in my vet because I've right. done exploring in my vet, and it's a freaking nightmare. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I love my vet. But anyway, um, so. If we let's, let's 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 fast forward a little bit to your thoughts on beta week one. So I want to hear your thoughts, and I want to hear the state that they were in as of week one. Would you buy one? And we will go start with Alec. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, the initial price. I mean, five billion. I haven't got that. I tried. I did try for a couple of weeks leading up to beta to try and get that. I don't think I'm going to get it. I might. I might. We might find a way of borrowing it from someone. So I tried the beta totally as a, a kind of customer to a fleet carrier rather than owning one. And there were a whole bunch of things in the beta that I initially thought were stunning. Actually, um, the visuals of the jump sequence I thought was stunning. I thought it was amazing that you could get to the other end and see a ship arrive. Uh, that was unexpected. I thought the audio was sensational. You know, the whole thing of being in a jump sequence when you, you're down in the hangar and you can't even see where you're going. That works surprisingly well. I found that incredibly atmospheric, even though you love that bit. Yeah. 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 I do too. I thought it was surprisingly atmospheric actually. Um, I tell you one thing that did also stun me in the beta was the sheer number of fleet carriers. <laughs> I, I just didn't realize, I genuinely didn't realize how, how rich the community were. You know, I went to um, Buran in the beta, and I think, uh, where did they start out? I forget where they started. Um, one of the other. Uh, there was a few systems. We, we bought ours in DSO. And- right, yeah, DSO. You know, there was over 125 fleet carriers in Buran. <laughs> <laughs> and I did think that was, I mean, that was a bit dark, but it was also, yeah, that amazed me how many, just how many fleet carriers there were. But I guess the one thing that you guys are going to talk a lot about 
uh, which is like the, the reaction to the upkeep costs and just how ludicrous they were. I didn't pick up on that at all when I was playing the beta. It was only later when I started seeing, you know, the videos from all you guys and Obsidian Ant and the reaction on the forum come in. So, so that was all. I didn't get that firsthand. It was only secondhand. I thought, oh, wow, okay, people seem pretty unhappy with some of this stuff. But so my first reaction to what I saw in the beta was, was pretty good, actually, I have to say. <laughs> yes, uh, sorry, Michael. I, I was going to say burp it. Yeah, so I, I, I well, um, I'd, I'd, I'd echo what Alex said. Like, like I say, we bought ours in DSO, and I think by about mid-morning, uh, you could walk from the central star in DSO to the outer planets if you wanted to. <laughs> there were that many. It was, we actually took screenshots of it. It was, it was that insane. Mm. Um, I'd love to see the um, the metrics, actually, that obviously Frontier um, exclusively have access to as to how many people um, picked up the game again as a result of that of that beta or, or how many people sort of, you know, carried on. Uh, but jumped into the beta. But uh, as a as a product, right out the gate, I was I was interested in them based on what we'd seen uh, on the live stream that that Stephen Benedetti hosted. Um, when they got into the game, the uh, as I say, the the decommissioning issue had given me a moment of pause for sure. Um, but the 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 actual upkeep costs when they got into the game were spectacularly, ludicrously ridiculous personally uh and had they had they shipped in that state there's absolutely no way i would have got one no way in heaven or hell would i have even considered it because there's there's no way i could keep up with that kind of upkeep um with that said at no point did i think they were going to stay at that level i think that was um i do think that was you know intended to be a, a first pitch and then you know as a as a community and a company we'd negotiate down i guess um whether that was a Good PR move or not? I'm inclined. I'm kind of torn on it because I, you know, I guess Frontier have their. I, I hope Frontier have their reasons for for doing that. I mean, if nothing else, you know, we're sitting here talking about fleet carriers, kind of as a result of of that that first week, maybe. So, you know, there's an argument there as to whether there's no such thing as bad publicity. But mm. I personally feel, and I think I said this on a video, I personally felt that after the huge delay. Um, that we'd had with fleet carries in particular, and also it had been quite a rough year for Elite anyway. I hate to use the word content when it comes to Elite because it's not that kind of game as far as I'm concerned, but you know, there hadn't been anything new in the game really um, for a while. Um, I, think, I think Elite desperately needed a good solid win at that point, and that would have been a nice opportunity because um, only a week later we're at the point where I think frontier probably wanted us to be anyway so it, why kind we of shoot have... themselves in the foot yeah okay. yeah it kind of felt like that certainly in this household anyway that you know maybe they shot themselves in the foot there but you know i, I don't get to see the numbers that they're seeing so or um, reasoning behind why they put the prices so hard to start with yeah but i know we found it exhausting didn't we we it was just yeah it was uh, it was it was unbelievable but, you, but yeah in answer to your actual question absolutely no way would i've would i've got a carrier at, at that rate had it been in the live game no way well, I'm going to ask the same question to Astro. Um, <clears throat> I think I would, but I would have a very clear exit strategy. Um, I mean, with the upkeep prices as they were, I mean, I personally think the way they came out, the, the, the base, the core idea of what they have with having different services you can 
Um, you can enable or disable. You can buy them or not buy them. I really like that. I would like to see even more of that. Obviously, the upkeep prices were high, and that's why I would be a little, well, make sure I have an exit strategy. Basically, decide how much would I be willing to sacrifice trying out the fleet carriers on the live server, and then look at the return when you actually sell the fleet carriers again. Because they can turn a profit, I think. And But whether you can turn a profit with that kind of upkeep, that's probably more difficult. I don't know. But I would definitely give it a go. So I think, yes, I would have bought a fleet carrier, but I would have had a clear plan to how to get rid of it again and how long I was going to keep trying to make it turn a profit before I would sell it again. Hey, uh, Alec, I you had something you wanted to interject after Burr? Yeah, just to chip in, really, because because I guess it'll come up again and again. But Burr mentioned like you know the bad PR of it, and I'm sure a lot of other people were as well. And I was reflecting on that and thinking that actually, okay, so this is because you know this is our salt-free um, stream. So I'm trying to look for positive ways to view these things. Um, firstly, a beta isn't a PR exercise. A beta is a testing exercise. Uh, I, I know it obviously has a PR effect. But I, I think I'm right in saying that first and foremost, the beta is a way of testing stuff to see if it works, uh, if the number's going to work, and, and secondly, maybe a PR exercise. Um, so if we think of it in that light, and if you're going to release a beta and you, you want to have you want to set some prices and you want to set some costs, if you set them too low, you're not going to get a lot of people are the same number of people going, oh, these are too low. I wish it was more expensive. You're not going to get accurate, useful feedback, I think. And yeah, I, you're I, right. just, yeah. so I just slightly wonder, and this is obviously, there's a, this is a very, a very rose-tinted view of Frontier, <laughs> whether Frontier fell on their own sword with this and deliberately set the prices high to get the best results they could from the beta feedback, even though they knew initially it would be, be be bad PR you know did they think ahead did they think yeah. well, no that's a point hmm. because because by setting them high they get such strong feedback about how exactly oh, how really I've not noticed yeah right <laughs> they, they, they get the most feedback they have and I heard I think it was on your stream though where you know I think uh, Bruce was saying you asked him what do you think about all the feedback you know kind of expect yeah. The grimace and he said it's great it's way better than no feedback at all so anyway that was just what i wanted to chip in is yes yeah, yeah. to say maybe the beta isn't a pr exercise and maybe setting the prices high was the best way to get the best you know numbers that they needed point yeah well let's uh let's go to plater and we'll come back to to Watherspoon. um yeah i just say um with the whole kind of um so the state that they released in, um, I initially would say, no, I wouldn't buy them. That, that's a flat no, just because I don't think you'd be capable of making a profit from them or even them covering their own costs. So for me, that was just a bit of a, that's, that's that question, no. Um, I think the upkeep was uh, higher than it should have been, and obviously everyone agreed. Um, now, with that, the talk of the whether or not it was intentional, intentionally way sky high, you know, to be like a, hey, look, this is what it is. And everyone goes, oh, I don't want that. And they go, have this instead. Um, I did a poll on my on my community page of the YouTube channel. And I the results are actually surprising. Um, I think it's 61% of people that took part in the poll think Frontier did it on purpose. Um, it intentionally went really high so that then they could come in low um, uh, and be like, 
hey, look, we listen to you. Um, whilst the remaining 40% was made up of people who thought that it was no, wouldn't do it because it'd be bad press and they don't need bad press. Um, and two, just no, why they like, just no, it, that wasn't the case. They just kind of got it wrong. Uh, and I think it's um, it's an interesting idea, but then again, none of us will know why it was done. We can only kind of assume that it's one thing or the other, or we can go with our personal beliefs on it. Um, I personally don't feel that Frontier would intentionally make something that has been hyped and ramped up and been long awaited. Here it is, and it'd be a damp squib, you know, to start off with. I don't think that would happen um, intentionally. I, I think it was very much the case of, oh, that is a bit high, you're right. We'll bring that down, and we definitely should. The only thing to bear in mind with that, you know, if we're being kind of critical <coughs> and constructive about it, is that when we saw those numbers from the live stream uh, right. with, with, with Steve and Davin Luke, the, the numbers were still <laughs> higher than what we've been given now. And they're, they're obviously they're much lower than what originally pitched in, in beta one when it first launched. So th- there's just something to think about, really. You're not, not saying one is right or wrong, but it's something to think about as the well, what there's been a decision making process there that we aren't privy to, and we won't necessarily ever find out why it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can look at kind of what we have going forward and that changes have been listened to. I think that's the important thing. But I think that speaks a good bit to Alec Turner's point of. The whole point of this exercise, it is a beta. You're going to start things sort of a little too high or a little too not cool from from that end of the spectrum of whatever question it is, and then adjust and adjust and adjust until you get it right. And if I can chip in on that, they, a, a little too high doesn't quite cut it because if it's, just, <laughs> right. if, it's, if it's just slightly too high, people might accept it. It needs to be quite a lot too high for people to then say, whoa, that's too high. So it's tricky. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they did that or not. It's a point. It's it's definitely a valid viewpoint. I was I was wondering at some point if they if if they basically sat down and said, okay, we're not going to look at how much it's going to cost in terms of numbers. They're going to decide on a number of play hours in order to keep a fleet carrier running. So I was considering if they were basically saying, well, we want people to spend one, two hours a week, uh, and that should be able to keep a fleet carrier running. And then they were looking at mining and say, oh, but people are making up to 200 million per hour, so we can easily put it at 150 per week uh, because that's just an hour of mining, and then people should be good to go. I don't know if it's if it's that train of thought, but I, I find it unlikely that they would look solely on mining, but it just popped into my head a few days ago when I was thinking about it, and I'm, I'm not sure, but... It could have been one way to look at it, rather than looking at specific prices. Then look at playtime. Yeah. So, if we look at some of the other things that Frontier got wrong in the past, the mass of the Anaconda's hull is set <laughs> way too low, and there's no way on earth they can ever move it back up again. The AFMU <laughs> has zero mass. There's no way they can ever fix that. Um, they got is, a but... lot of they got a lot of uh, kickback when they sort of balanced the mamba down after after the beta, didn't they? Uh, mm. Last beta. So these are all these are all places where things were set too low to start with. So if if the beta is an engineering exercise, as Alex says, then what you want to do is set th- set things relatively high. Um, 
get an actual sort of actual feedback for how it's working and and then adjust down make it better and it's a bit like a sound engineer adjust, adjusting the volumes isn't it you've got to you've got to sort of gradually sort of bring them down to the right level um i, I suspect that frontier probably didn't think about um the the um the possible pr sort of level of it to me the running costs in the beta was just a detail um yeah exactly that 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 you know kind of it's a beta so it's going to change that's the whole point of betas and they've said in fact that they're going to make further changes based on based on the the the, the feedback that's come from the beta they haven't necessarily announced all of them yet um so you know kind of let's 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 hope that's the that's the case. Just, uh, just to, just to sort of, because we're talking about thoughts on beta week one, CQC in-game queuing. I thought that's brilliant because that finally brings yeah. it into the game. Yeah. And, yeah. Good. And and the other the other thing that uh, we don't know from the beta is customizations because they're excluded from the beta. And I know Cohen Leth and mm-hmm. Burr have been going around sniffing around the shipyards looking to see <laughs> what different different variations there might be. But that's that's in itself something that's quite interesting that that we'll mm-hmm. hopefully find out about in the next beta. Absolutely. Kai tracks. Okay. Um so this is where we get to the low point in my roller coaster ride of emotions. Uh, day one of beta one, I was just super, super, super unhappy with the massive inflation in the uh, upkeep costs. However, and I stated so on, on the forums when they asked for feedback, I was like, this is just way, way, way too high. However, to Alec Turner's point that he just elaborated on, um, you know, that's that's the whole part of the system. They they put it out, they make tweaks, they make adjustments with the goal of making the best possible product in June. And and as I stated on our show at the time, I would absolutely not buy a fleet carrier based on those costs and, and the setup that it had at the time. But I was very, very confident that it would get adjusted and that uh, a fleet carrier would be something that I would be purchasing come June. And I feel like that sort of has, has borne out. So I'm, 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 I'm very, very happy on that. I didn't want to leave it feeling salty, but at that moment I was at my saltiest point in this process. <laughs> uh, you know, as for me, I, I don't think I was all that disappointed. I, I don't think the thought even crossed my mind that those prices were going to stay in place. They were obviously way too high. I think it's a super interesting point that mechanically you can force better feedback. I that That's really interesting that I'm hearing just now. I kind of came in today with this back of my mind kind of um, cheeky, not really honest, but um, just sort of a funny thought that... Um, they intentionally throw things way off in order to make us feel like we're changing it by a lot. And I, I almost felt like the community in quotes may have forced that to happen by some past events that that had the you know the name open letter on them. Um, it was sort of like you guys you guys want a beta that really gets the job done. Here you go. Uh, let's let's give them some things that they can change. Um, I don't I don't really I think. Um, what you guys were saying earlier about it, it actually really does generate better, more and better feedback by by throwing it off by quite a lot just to make us play through that. Um, that that's a much better answer, I think, to that. But I, I actually wasn't that upset 
when it first came out, it was a few days later for some reason. I I, I think I I was sort of letting it get me down over time and um I had to get back into the game. I got back onto my my stream doing the expedition and actually playing the game I love. And then I was like, oh yeah, now I remember what's really going on in here. It has nothing to do with wild inflation of fleet carrier prices. It's space. <laughs> and then I felt a lot better. Oh yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Astro, you had something? It, yeah, it just, I, I mean, I think most, I, most of what they came out with in the first week of the beta was really good. I think the fleet carriers was 90% there, and there was just some minor mm-hmm. tweaking of numbers. Unfortunately, by, when they put up those high numbers, and I, I think you guys might be right that maybe this was an intentional thing uh, to kind of start high and then work your way down. But it also meant that they were pretty much only getting feedback on that one thing. Nobody was giving feedback mm. on anything else. There was a little yeah, bit of point regarding expiration, but the sole focus, all the discussions were just on upkeep. Nothing Completely else was really being discussed at that point. So, so I don't know if I would say that they, they, they wouldn't say they wasted, but they f- at least focused the first week of the beta very much on the upkeep. And now that they turned it down to what I would consider a reasonable level. Um, mm-hmm. Someone commented that that maybe they're going to turn it back up again later, maybe not to the levels we had in week one. But I think that's a dangerous move. I think that's going to give a, <laughs> a lot of um, mm-hmm. of kickback from the community. Um, I mean, it's basically saying, oh, look how, how nice it could have been. And everybody's happy with it. Most people is happy with the prices as they are now. And then suddenly mm-hmm. take that away again. Uh, the whole thing's just going to kick back and the whole discussion is just going to be upkeep only again. Mm-hmm. Seems right. So let's go back around because what I want to know now is what your thoughts well, on the You're changes. skipping somebody again, uh, Ty. We want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> you thought you were going to get away. <laughs> huh? I'm literally going to do that every time. Um, <laughs> I, I, w- I would not have bought one the way the upkeep was. I could not have afforded one long term. I would have had it for about six, nine, six, nine months, and then I would have not have been able to afford it after that. So. Um, yeah, that's that's what I I think the upkeep changes make to where I can have one pretty much for for forever now, even if I don't ever make any more money in the game. So I'm happy with the changes. But let's go back around and talk about the changes they announced Wednesday. Um, would you buy one in that state? Um, what do you think would be your biggest or what is your biggest surprise change on the list? What are some changes you notice that no one is talking about, like some stealth changes? Uh, we'll go back around to Alec. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, the costs thing, like I said, I can't afford one anyway, so it's, it's kind of a moot point. I, I was really pleased to see the numbers drop in that in that re- announcement because, it, you know, to be honest, I was just getting depressed reading all the feedback on the forums mm-hmm. and, and hearing, you know, basically every streamer under the sun here just just being upset i just thought oh thank god at least <laughs> at least we can stop hearing all this all this thing. <laughs> it, it really was seriously getting to me getting me down and making it's me exhausting, kinda, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it was making me hate the game which is awful um the, the, there were some amazing things for me in that in that post i thought i mean the two the two real standouts for me were uh they just just like that universal car graphics as an optional service bang there it was mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised that they were just cave in so easily and just <laughs> and just go oh go on then so that was sort of amazing and the and the change in jump times was extraordinary mm. uh, i forget who i'd heard i'd heard somebody saying that they, they they believed there were deep technical reasons why you needed an hour 
like cool down to <laughs> let the that might yeah. Have been me. yeah 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 well okay well I, I brought that hook line in the sinker it seemed so reasonable and then to just suddenly go from like one hour to five minutes and it was wow 15 and five to be clear yeah yeah 15 on on school that one. yeah it was amazing so those are the two standout things for me i think which is um, mm. those two massive changes coming straight in so my discord just crashed so i don't know what's going oh. on can y'all still hear me Sure. Yes, yeah, we can hear you just fine. Yeah, I have. I can't see any text. It's just spinning. So, uh, yeah, I, I will. I will help you if you if you like until you get back up. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. So, so Alex. So yeah, Alex done. We got a. Burp yeah, I'm done. Uh, yeah. So, uh, well, my initial reaction when they we were on tenterhooks um, all morning, really, weren't we? Yeah. Um, mm. Sitting there because uh, we knew they were going to announce something, obviously, as everyone did, but we didn't know what was coming, and you always. <laughs> With Frontier, love their hearts. You're always a little bit nervous. <laughs> as to what you're gonna get? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, when they when they first announced it, we took a real quick run through. Uh, you know, and there were numbers like eighty percent, ninety percent reductions being dropped into the into the the forum post all over the place. And my my initial reaction was <clears> I I PM'd uh, Stephen Benedetti and and Bruce and called them a cheeky little sausages because it was it was just uh, the numbers <laughs> just blew me out of my chair. They were they were um, without any kind of you know serious practical experience of them of those numbers at that point, I was very very pleased mm. to see that they'd um, they'd gone. I was I was terrified. I suppose that we were going to get ten percent reductions and things like that all over the place. There were going to be like little tweaks or, and whatever, and yeah, it would have been hard to uh, hard to defend that. I think <laughs> to say the least. So yeah. Mm. So when I saw that, I was very very pleased. Um, I think we both kind of said that it was kind of critical what they did. That was their real critical move. It was one thing. That- what came out yes. on week one, but what they then did to address the community concerns mm. after that was really, really crucial. Um, and I think kind of felt that at least they did nail that and uh, appropriately mm. react. But I have to say, I do agree with Alec. I think the roller coaster, absolute, you know, sort that came out the first week, it was just exhausting. And I think I would have rather not gone through it quite so severely. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, please. At least they did seem to get it right on that announcement because if they hadn't got it right on that one then yeah it would have mm. been fun it would have been tough it would have been very yeah. tough yeah mm. i mean certainly as, as far as sort of you know would it, would i buy one in the state that they're in at the moment absolutely i w- uh, i'll be buying one yeah I, th- I do still think they've got some uh, some tweaks to be made and there's still some work to be done um which is you know obviously what what beta 2 is all about um mm-hmm. and i think re you're kind of at the point where you're sort of considering picking one up as well yeah, aren't you they're moving in the right direction but they still change <clears throat> i mean for you know about. for re to be turning around um because <laughs> of, you know for re <laughs> plays the game in a very very different way to everybody else you know uh for re to be turning around and going actually i think i might have a carrier um because you you know you can find some use for one can't you we think anyway yeah, so so yeah, so uh, and also you know i think she saw pink engine trails as well which might have been a big selling point <laughs> so all green or green mm. yeah yeah so mm. yeah so i mean uh, certainly in the state that they're in at the moment absolutely i would buy one there's still i still think there's um some work to be done mm-hmm. um as i said I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the of the decommissioning issue i'm sure we'll come on to that later um my biggest the biggest surprise i think other other than sort of you know frontier had, had, had stepped up with a great big knife and gone there you go um the biggest surprise in all the changes for me we literally left my chin on the floor was the jump timer issue. And I was, mm. as Alex said, um, 
that was if anything i think they might have got a bit too far yeah we can't say i don't, want to, I don't want to seem ungrateful or anything but what are you doing <laughs> you know, that was that really that really blew me away what is it like a 15 minute wind up it's and a five minute cool down something like that at the moment yeah or so, when you go or when you go to the ATM machine to take out $30 and it spits out $300, just take it and walk away just quickly. Just shut up. Yeah, just <laughs> shut up and walk away. <laughs> Enough said. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, I mean, certainly, you know, from a completely selfish point of view, when it comes to when it comes to filming and things like that, which is obviously what we spend a lot of our time doing, that's brilliant. Because <laughs> we could just film carriers jumping in and out all day. So, mm. uh, yeah, that was, that was a massive, massive surprise. Uh, I was really pleased to see that. And also just the fact that they'd... Uh, it was an opportunity for, and maybe, you know, maybe that's why they did it, as we said earlier on, I don't know, but it was an opportunity for FDEV to go, okay, we're listening, here you go. So... That, mm. that was a nice surprise. I didn't. I don't think I really noticed any stealth fixes. I'm not a notice detail kind of guy. You did. I did. You mentioned one earlier, just 20 oh, minutes yeah, ago, well, when we were talking. Yeah, you but cover, I, it, my, cover it. Cover my it. My old man, addled brain. I'm not sure if I'm right, but I, it feels like when you're transferring uh, money between yourself and the carrier, when you when you use the button um, to go up or down. See, I didn't even notice. There's a billion button, isn't there? But I didn't even notice that. But when you when you use the plus and minus, I, it feels like that accelerates a lot quicker. Mm. Uh, so you can get money into the carrier a lot quicker mm. uh, and consequently out of the carrier a lot quicker but um yeah that that felt that was a that was a i think I, I think i saw that but i could be wrong if anyone else has seen that i'd be interested to know if they think they saw that but yeah you did so, yeah astro what you think man i mean f- right now i think the fleet carriers are like 99 percent there um, there are definitely still some things I would like to see being changed. But if they released in the state they are right now, um, it would be okay. Again, there are definitely some things that I would like to see changed, but I think they, um, um, I think it would be okay. The biggest surprise for me was the uh, introduction of cartographics um, because I thought they must have left that out for a reason. Um, right. And me and Kai was discussing this back and forth. Like, like there must be a reason why they didn't <laughs> include that. That's such an obvious thing now that they're already so close to being a station. Mm. Why wouldn't they do that? So I thought they must have some reason behind it. Um, and then they just like completely turn around and say, yeah, okay, here you go. Here's cartographic. Um, that really surprised me. Um, the prices, I was half expecting that they would be coming down. Um, and they pretty much hit... It's spot on where I thought they would be in terms of uh, um, of total upkeep for all the services. Um, Commander Plater. Um, yeah, obviously the when we saw the announcement, um, I think I just gave out this ridiculous sigh of relief, turned around, <laughs> uh, took t- to my wife who's working from home, and um, just went, oh, thank God for that. And then I had to go and explain everything through to her again. And um, bear in mind, you know, she sits there and she, when um, when I was there and I spoke about it, and you know, initially when the prices were what they were, and I was like, I just don't get it. I just be sitting there with my hands on my face, going, I don't get it, I don't get it. And then it was dropped, and it was just like, I was like, oh, thanks for that. And it was just brilliant, you know. They've no matter what's happened, whether it was intentional or not, they have got it in a much more reasonable state. Um, there was it was great to see that they're adding the universe cartographics on. Um, logically, I can see why it's coming in beta two. Um, you know, especially considering the reasons that Frontier had given why they weren't going to be 
they weren't going to have universal cartographers in the first place where they see oh we want explorers to come back or one of the pillars of exploration is you come back to the bubble with your data and um you know the, the gnosis has universal cartographics so maybe not that's not true <laughs> um you know and and so there's a couple of things like that and then you know we pushed back and we challenged and frontier have to now design that it's not in the ui as it is um so they have to design it so it obviously makes sense why they're leaving it for that long before they put it into the next beta um so as that as it stands i would probably buy one would i have it fully kitted out with absolutely everything probably not there's a couple of facilities that i just wouldn't bother with um you know like uh the secure trading forget that don't need it you know not 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 for me i don't want to buy illegal goods and then have to try and sell them somewhere that doesn't make a lot of sense to me but you know that there's there's a real opportunity now to actually have some gameplay and engage with other commanders uh where you set your carrier up you know you've got you have an option at last you know to to do something different and that's what i think carriers do offer so i think yeah i mean i would definitely buy one (laughs) definitely yeah I'm picturing Mrs. Plater as you explained to her the <laughs> list of reasons why, like, oh, thank God. And she just kind of pats your head and puts a tea down on the table and goes, that's lovely, dear, and walks away. <laughs> now, yeah. she does She does game. She does game as well. You know, she plays um, Star Wars The Old Republic, and, she, and she's been playing The Sims quite a bit and stuff. So she does play games. You know, she does understand when things are misbalanced or that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um that and I listen to her talk about her work, and I don't understand any of it. So <laughs> you know, that's what we call a functioning relationship. If there you go. <laughs> right on. Beautiful. Reese says a bunch of rubbish I never listen to. <laughs> oh, you know she's right there, right? Wait for it. Yep. <laughs> she's, she's about to put you down on a world like world with a honky donk. <laughs> Uh, sidebar here, uh, Rini, your fleet carrier must be named the honky donk, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will also I will also accept the wonky donkey, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Commander Watherspoon. Really, possi- possibly slightly um, unpopularly, I would say. I, I, I was one of these people who was actually quite pleased that there wasn't a universal cartographics to start with because one of the gameplay loops that I certainly participate in is the kind of going out sort of and spending a year out in out in the black somewhere and then having that sort of risk reward sort of balance gradually shifting do you keep going or do you get back to the bubble and sort of cash in cash in sort of all, all the exploration discoveries you've made so far there's there's people like the mission farsight who's been four years out in the black it's going to be a bit embarrassing if he sort of sort of is jumping away sort of somewhere in the in the depths of space and he suddenly jumps into a system that's got a fleet carrier in it and it's going to be well. You know, am, am I going to pretend this fleet carrier is not here and not cashing my data? Um, oh, I get you. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, you know, sort of listening to Dav Stott on Live Radio a few weeks back, um, his, his viewpoint was that Universal Cartographics simply wasn't included initially because they wanted to get a subset of of features into the beta. Uh, see how people like them, and it, and if if they if they seem popular, then they'd add more more um, more more sort of fe- features and functionality into the fleet carriers because people have asked for universal cartographics. They're fast fast tracking that one, and they're going to get into into the beta before release rather than waiting until afterwards. That's that's fine. Um, I, I'm one of these people who can't afford a fleet carrier. I'm never likely to be able to afford a fleet carrier, but 
At the same time, I don't think that everyone in the galaxy actually needs to own a fleet carrier for them to be oh. a, a useful thing to have, because you know there is a there is definitely a case that there's going to be people who have fleet carriers and you get their friends to come along with them. Um, and, and and to be honest, during the beta, I've been a bit of a hobo. I've been kind of keeping an eye out for fleet carriers that were about to jump out, and then hopping aboard sort of to get a free lift. Uh, and the reduction in the jump preparation time actually means that I need to be a lot more on the ball for that because if there's, say, sort of 20 or 30 fleet carriers, I need to keep an eye on all of them and be able to get to them within 15 minutes or else I could miss my ride. Um, so f- 15 minutes is, is fairly, fairly low, I reckon. But, um, you know, obviously, if you're, if you're a fleet carrier owner, you're not going to complain about it. And uh, I guess I just need to take my chances on the... On, on, on getting on the ride. Mm. Oh, sorry. I just realized. Do you think people will make like a new bubble, like sold to to Colonia <laughs> um, speed run, where they just have carriers sitting at five hundred interval, one carrier jumping to the next that's already spooling up, so one could just jump off, go to the next one that just. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yes. I would actually like to see that. Sold to Colonia in thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Get on the salt. I mean, if if you had enough commanders doing that, you could actually make a uh, a, a fast track between Solar Colonia, where people just go from one carrier to the next and just get there in no time. That's a lot of tritium. Well, maybe not so anymore. Alec, you had something you wanted to uh, chime in about uh, the UC. Well, kind of, yeah. It's more of a question for the group, actually, because I'm just curious. Uh, uh, you know, Pete's not alone there in, in, in not being entirely happy about the universe card graphics. Uh, I get that. I also have heard quite a few people not being entirely happy about the jump range thing either. I think it makes it too easy to just go flitting around the galaxy. But I'm curious, on, on the universal card graphics, there is a halfway measure, which is really nice, but obviously a lot harder to code which is some idea of data storage so that you come back to your fleet carrier, you drop off your data, but you don't get the cache, you don't get the first discovery. And at some point in the future, you've got to take your fleet carrier back to the bubble to hand that data in. That seems like a really nice solution, but obviously it takes time for Frontier to code that. Does anyone here in the room think they might still do that if they have time to? Mm. I would love to see that happen just myself because I think it would be a neat it would it would kind of be a neat thing where you can like add a level of gameplay for those people like Watherspoon who say like I don't want to do it this way that adds sort of a a a, a tool that they can choose to use or choose not to use as just a sort of a backup and then whatever but that's a lot more work on frontier to do. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. This was something we were kind of postulating about on one of our recent podcasts, and it it does leave intact or more intact the essential danger of exploration in the first place, or at least a, a big part of it, right, is that nothing gets sold until the end. Uh, and deleting that is kind of questionable, I, I agree, and storing the data might be a better way to do that. But yeah, it, it is... Coding where otherwise no coding would be needed, right? It's universal cartographics as it stands already exists. So I don't know. Hard to say. I, I don't really know what it's like over there in that office. Astro? So I think um, the problem is that if you take data storage 
you you remove that loop of having the you still remove the loop of having the the oh I hope I can make it back in time kind of thing um, because I'll make it back without getting my ship destroyed because it's stored on a, on a fleet carrier where it well it's it's a lot more safe because you're not going to randomly crash your fleet carrier into the side of a planet um, and also that how would you then make that work in, in a multiplayer setup I mean if it's sensible for the owner. The owner can come, they can store data. But what if I come as a as a visitor to a fleet carrier somewhere out in the middle of nowhere? Um, and I say, okay, can I then just store my data and I just have to wait for the owner of that fleet carrier to move that thing back? Uh-huh. Yeah, good or point. do I have to buy it off it? Of them, mm-hmm. and how is that then different from from at least the visitor's point of view? How is that then different from normal cartographic if you just sell your data? I th- the only difference I think- is that the owner then just has to go and cash in. I think I was presuming that the owner of the data would need to retrieve it later and cash it in themselves. Like the fleet carrier owner would, it would just be a storage. The fleet carrier owner wouldn't necessarily be able to do anything. Sort of like if a visitor stores modules on a fleet carrier. Yeah, but that then defies the whole purpose yeah. of it. Because if you have like this, there's been a discussion of this like deep space support array with like fleet carriers scattered across the galaxy people can go to. But if they have, you can't get rid of your data if they're never going to go back to a bubble, uh, back to a station. If they're just going to stay there forever, well, then there's no point in you storing your data there other than that you can come back, pick it up when you want to go back. Yeah, it's not great. No. <laughs> it's not a I great think, idea. <laughs> I, I, it would have been a okay uh, compromise if, the, if Frontier absolutely didn't want universal cartography on the ships, on the fleet carriers. But it seems that they're not, I mean, that they, they don't mind that it's there. So I would definitely think that full-on UC is a, a better option. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, Bear, could Bear have a thought on that too? Yeah, not a, not a massive comment to make, just uh, just off the back that I, I think now that they've, uh, particularly now that they've said um, they're putting universal cartographics on carriers, I don't think we'll see a change to that system um, and how that works. I think it's a, it's an easy, to be honest, it was probably on the way anyway, is my, in my humble opinion, and, and it's, just a, yeah. it's just a box check for them, and it would cost probably a couple of thousand quid to change it, so why would they really? Yeah, yeah. completely yeah. agree. Uh, Commander Plater. Um, yeah, I'm kind of kind of bare on that one. Um, I think now it's been announced that it's going in. It will go in, and it will go in and function as they've said, just like a normal universe cartographics. Um, there's a lot of issues with the, the the idea of storing your data on someone else's carrier. What happens if it gets decommissioned? <laughs> oh, it's gone, isn't it? Oh, you know, it's that kind of stuff. A little bit right, like right. that. And I mean, from from a law point of view, if you can get your, I'm going to mention Galnet, and I'm highly aware there's been nothing on Galnet for months. But <laughs> if you can get your Galnet transmission anywhere in the galaxy, <laughs> um, why couldn't you type beam back data from a carrier? You know, if, if you wanted to justify it yourself, you're like, oh yeah, we'll do that then. You just do like you know, laser comm straight fire, psh, jump, yeah. But you know, we obviously can do yeah. that. Um, so I think that's the. That's my kind of kind of thoughts on that, uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't see it changing. I, I do see it as initially they they wanted people to come back, um, and everyone's like, "How can explorers up keep a carrier out when they're exploring without preloading?" Um, the answer is, "Well, no, no, they couldn't." So now at least there's that option. You know, kind of from my point of view, I think that um, I think that there wasn't much for explorers without a UC. 
for the for fleet carriers. And I think that I don't know what else you could have added to the fleet carrier to make them useful for explore exploration. Now, kind of that being said, um, and I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit here, Bird, you just linked a picture of of the, what is this, the DSSA, how they're going to put fleet carriers all over the, in every sector of the galaxy, is that right? Yeah, that's right. It's the, uh, it's the fleet comm guys that are working on that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it looks like every place in the galaxy will have a... A uh, place where you can sell data, you can rearm, repair, which all this means to me is that I have a better chance of taking my vet out exploring. So, <laughs> <laughs> ties in favor of it. <laughs> right on. No, in, in all seriousness, it's it's a little scary when you start talking about because I'm I'm concerned about the shrinking of the galaxy because one of the things I love about this game is the sheer feeling of size, and I'm a little worried about the feeling of well. There's a lot less, a lot less danger there um, in the shrinking of the galaxy. Because I think about when you get back to World of Warcraft, when they added in flying. As much as I loved it, this huge, gigantic world kind of shrunk down on everything else. Um, mm. So yeah, mm. I, you know, uh, to kind of. So I, th- I think the the main um, thread that we're on right now was like, what was the most surprising thing? And I, I personally didn't think changes to jump range or fuel consumption were coming at all. That surprised me completely out of the blue. Um, And I think because, just because of what you said, like, uh, I did not think that the fleet carriers were intended or ever going to be a fast travel device. I thought they were going to be something that if you wanted to take the time, you could put it someplace far away, but it's going to take a lot of time and resources. So I was really surprised to see that change at all. I completely agree with that. And on on Ty's point of sort of the the world shrinking this is not the this is not world of warcraft where you have 45 zones and now you can kind of move about them without sort of any repercussions or whatever there are 420 whatever billion zones or whatever to to deal with here this is not fast travel this is just the ability to support you where you go. Even Bird, still with the changes, you still feel that way. A hundred percent. Because Bird, you had something. Yeah. All I, all I was going to say was I, uh, a couple of things, really. I, I don't think the, um, I, I, I hear you on the, on the, on the universe or the, the galaxy shrinking thing. Um, I, I don't, I know, I know carriers have got a massive range on them. Um, but I, my gut feeling is that, um, the moving actually the actual act of having to move them um and then fill them up and then move them and then fill them up and then pay them for it i think again it's a gut feeling but i just think that'll just be too much of a pain um when you can just jump into your anaconda and go boom 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 all oh, right that's the thing i wanted to look at i don't know i'm not i'm not an mm. explorer at heart so mm. um and the other point i was going to make was great but i can't remember it so <laughs> well good point then yeah um. <laughs> Uh, Kai, I cut you off due to lag issue. You want to hop back in? Sorry, man. No worries. Uh, just, just like I said, so it would be different if every time you jumped in your fleet carrier every 20 minutes, they said like, well, your fleet carrier has a, uh, a special observation array and every zone within, you know, 50 light years in every direction, it just sort of mapped it out or whatever. That would be shrinking the galaxy for sure. And that would uh, really, really, really make me unhappy as a player of the game. 
But mm. as it stands now, <clears throat> you're not having any. You can jump. You can set your your fleet carrot. Well, when, we'll get to this in a minute. But <laughs> you could theoretically, once they get that part fixed, set your fleet carrier and say, "Okay, I'm going to go to bed now and wake up." Uh, and then go, you know, to work. And then when I get home from work, my fleet carrier will be in Colonia. And at that point, you may have traveled from from Ross 310 to Colonia, but you haven't mapped a single system. You haven't done anything. You haven't interacted in any way with any of those systems. All of the fleet carrier is doing is giving you a support tool that can aid you in your exploration. You still have to get out and get in your ship and get out there and interact with the galaxy in order to do anything meaningfully. And that's beautiful, I think. Uh, while we're here, Kai, you want to uh, talk about uh, <clears throat> the Wednesday changes and all that? Sure, absolutely. So, okay, uh, the first thing was, what are our thoughts on the changes announced? Upkeep cost got slashed. That was amazing. Uh, 10, 10 weeks, they say up from four, but let's be honest, if you were paying attention, it's up from three before you get the warning on the decommission. That's amazing. Upfront costs lowered. Didn't even ask for it, but cool. All right. Jump times slashed. Didn't even think about it, but cool. That's awesome. Uh, and then for beta two, universal cartographics added. Amazing. Tritium. And it says, to be very clear, it says at least two times more effective. Mm. So I'm thinking that that's going to end up being maybe 2.5 to three times. But even if it's just at two point, that's amazing. So my thoughts <clears> are <throat> bravo, bravo, bravo. Would you buy one in this state? Absolutely, unquestionably. I'm so excited. Um, the, 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 the biggest surprise... Honestly, to me, the biggest surprise isn't one particular thing. It's the scope. It's the massive scope of this in that they did not make incremental change on any of these subjects. They were just like, all right, what would make everybody like, okay, you have a Volkswagen. Hmm. We're going to upgrade you to a Ferrari for free. Like every step of the way of this process, they just made... They either made a change on something we weren't even asking for one on, or they made a change that was massive. So that was my 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 surprise is just the scope of it. As far as uh, the stealth fixes, I'm with Burr. I noticed that when you click on the uh, you know adding money, it, it goes much faster. And also, they put a transfer all button. So if you want to just Put 20 billion. <laughs> if you want to put, you know, I've got 25 and a half billion sitting around. I'm just going to click on the transfer all to put 25 billion into the carrier wallet and then transfer a billion back into my personal wallet and call it good. That's 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 way better. And and I guess just my overall thoughts on on these changes are if you notice when we just did the last round of questions where we asked every last person, hey, um, like how do you feel on this? Everybody, their voice kind of went down a little. They were like, well, you know, I was hopeful that things would get better, but it's whatever. And then when you asked this round of question, everybody was like, all right. And they were like super, super <laughs> excited to say their bit because I feel like it's almost like all of us had driven through a construction site that for some reason was just pouring out salt. And we, we our entire car was just dusted in salt, like everywhere. It's, it just looked like a ghost car. And then this round of changes was like driving through a car wash and coming out 
perfectly clean on the other side, feeling super happy. That's my feelings. That's Wallace Green, you had something? Yeah, um, that, that, that's, that's really interesting because apart from Universal Cartographics, virtually everything that, that was announced in this change was basically just changes on a spreadsheet. So yeah. it's just adjusting a few figures here mm-hmm. and there, and it's mm-hmm. made that that much difference to to um, to the perception of 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 what they've coded. It, 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 in in terms of in terms of in terms of coding changes, there's nothing there. All they've mm. done is just adjusted a few figures, and it's made agree. that much difference. Yeah, agree. Yeah, from completely. It's terrible to it's pretty good. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, yep. yeah. Tracks. Uh, I don't think we ever got your opinion on a. <laughs> On a- oh, I snuck it in there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that my roller coaster has swung back up. Yeah, I, I feel um, this is where it was probably going to end up, and and most of it was cost. Like like Weatherspoon was just saying, it, it's um, it, it's just it's just money's essentially, and and cartographics, I guess. But um, they that was the thing that was the thing, and, and it was funny how uh, how it was the energy was feeding off itself. Because it was really just that one overarching like idea is the cost of the whole thing. So, yeah, big effect. So I, I've actually already kind of commented here on things. So I'm I'm going to spin back around to the next thing I want to ask is what changes uh, would you still like to see for June um, before we actually get to the June launch? What what do you want to see changed, uh, Alec? Uh, yeah, okay. I'll go, I've got a few sort of odd ones because I think I'll let most people cover. I think maybe the more obvious ones. Um, I'd really like to see, uh, you know, how uh, we uh, do we still have them, the kind of bounty logs where you can see who's got the highest bounty at any given station, and, and these are real players, not just NPCs. So, so, oh, on station services, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'd love to see logs on a fleet carrier of who's landed at your fleet carrier. Wouldn't it be awesome to see that, you know, Obsidian Amp mm. landed at your fleet carrier last week? Or mm. I think that would be cool. Um, I also, I, I, I know there's problems with this. I'd love to be able to set a message of the day in the same way that you oh. can for a squad. Yes. I mean, I know, I know there's moderation issues. You know, you could post whatever bit of horrendous propaganda you want or, you know, sweary non you know anyway but but they already allow it for us for squadrons i think it'd be great because and we'll get onto this later maybe but when you're starting to think about how you want to use fleet carriers i think if you can well we probably will get onto this but being able to put messages on your fleet carrier opens up i think the possibility of using fleet carriers for for role play greatly um, so yeah, i'd love to see that uh, other than that, I, I, maybe I'll let Kai or um, Astro talk on this. I, I really like the idea of passive refueling. I still kind of like that for the explorers, but maybe you want to talk about that. Mm. Uh, what else I got? Um, oh, and just just one I suppose that surprised me a little bit is is the whole thing of um, where you where you buy the stuff to fill your outfitting or your shipyard, your packs of stuff. You, it comes in packs, right? You buy a pack of whatever. Yeah. Um, am I right in thinking that that's zero discount? That is literally at face value yeah. price. So you, yeah. yes. that, that's crazy, isn't it? I don't get it. Yes. It, True. It, it makes them, it, it unfortunately, it makes both ship selling and module selling a little useless because there's no way why people would go and buy a module or a ship off a fleet carrier 
if they can get it cheaper at a station, unless Perfect. it would be sold in deep space. Yeah, because here's the thing, actually, and, I, and I, I suppose I did miss the chance to say this, right back at question one and thoughts on fleet carriers, one of the things that did surprise me about the initial announcement of fleet carriers was that it did seem like they'd found a potential purpose for them, which was like your own sort of market trade thing where you could, if you could get the levels just right, maybe, and you put your fleet carrier in just the right price, you might be able to make a profit. And that doesn't, it doesn't seem to be set up to work very well like that. I mean, certainly not without putting in shipyard. <laughs> it's, anyway, it just seems a bit crazy that you can't make a profit on those things. I, I saw someone um, suggesting that you could sell um, pre-fitted ships. So you could basically take a ship with all the modules and you could sell them like as a package. So you could oh, basically nice. say, hey, like it. I have a fully fitted mining ship. You could just go pick it up and you're ready to go. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think like that, that. Would, that would have you, that would have use out in the black as well. If you you know if you haven't brought a mining ship with you or what or something, but it's difficult to see mm. in the bubble in particular why mm. on earth you would go to a carrier to buy any ship really. Well, and to that use case in out in the black, the problem that you have there is okay. I've sold nine ships. Business closed forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't restock. Uh, Alec, before we, I'm yeah, sorry, real quick, before we leave Alec, I want to come back and ask you a pointed question. Yeah. I think you left something out there, my friend. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to ask Frontier to put back onto the station <laughs> services? Menu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, a okay. Ball race club person. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I didn't say this one in the forums because there's about a million players who would go, it's fine. Yeah. So when they changed station services, they removed the clock and they removed the date from the station services screen. Now, I know we still have a clock in the top right hand corner of the ship HUD, but often, and I have many, many screenshots that will show this, um, that's obscured either by bits of the cockpit or lighting from outside. And you literally cannot read it or you can't read all of it. Um, in order to do our races, we absolutely rely on that clock. You know, that is your start time, that is your finish yeah. time. Uh, if we don't have that clock on the HUD, uh, on the station services, then it's going to be a pain in the ass. But I feel cheeky asking it because there's about 20 of us that yeah. care about that. If twenty, that means you got to be louder about it. Not because, at all. That's why I wasn't yeah. going to let you. I wasn't going to let you go without okay, addressing it. Yeah, you so, need the date stamp and time stamp well, back on the, there, please. The date is less important. The, the only thing with the date is it stops people cheating at something like the Sagittarius A-star run. But it would have to be a pretty mm. elaborate cheat. So, um, I, yeah. But the, the time, please. Yeah. Can we have the time back, please? Mm. All right, sorry. Burpit, changes you want to see before are with June? Well, um, without having crunched any numbers or done any clever thinking about it at all, uh, it strikes me as, as odd, at least, that um, you can't move tritium from your hold directly mm. into the carrier <laughs> your yep. tank. Yes. Um, now, whether that whether that pays into the issue of making the galaxy feel smaller, I suppose, is a discussion. But it, it, it certainly annoys the hell out of me. Um, so I'd, li I'd like to, yeah, I think there's a discussion around that. Um, there is an elephant in the room. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the ability to stand down and restart facilities while you're away from, from an administration system, is that, still a th is that still a thing? My understanding is that you can't stand down <coughs> a facility if you're not in an... Yeah, that feels like a bug. Mm, Does anyone else think that's be. a bug? Sure. A, yeah. a, it feels like a bug, and B, when they when they 
debuted it on April 2nd, they showed that when you do stand down, you go to a 10% cost, and now it's okay. at 50 so that, that could easily be limitations intended for testing, as we've mentioned before about some other features, right? Just something right, they, right. they clicked off for the sake of beta. Okay, okay, okay. So, if, But to if be clear, is, you're saying it should be a thing. You should absolutely be able to stand down facilities when you're not mm -hmm. in an administration system, yes, because... I, again, I don't intend to use mine for exploration, but if you're moving your carrier out to God alone knows where, and you decide you want to, you know, bring down the cost for a month or two or whatever, or um, surely you've got, you know, it just makes it completely impractical in that in that regard. Otherwise, um, so, and the tritium thing as well, if you've got to be at your carrier in order to transfer fuel from the cargo hold to the to the tank, which means you can't effectively uh, move or administer your carrier from a distance and ad administer it from a distance. Um, so that's just, that just doesn't feel right to me. So there's, I think there's a discussion there. However, definitely the elephant in the room is I'm really not comfortable with the decommissioning thing um, uh, on the, on the advent of, of not keeping up with your debts. It, it um, as I think I've said before, it, it feels to me, it feels unnecessarily punitive um, and a, um, a little bit mean-spirited uh, when I understand completely that they want to clear trash carriers out of the galaxy and I'm all for it. That's absolutely fine. But I think there's a, I hate to use the word nice, but I think there's a nicer way of doing it than just taking away people's carriers. I think you could easily, it would it would surely be not that different to just mothball it, uh, dry dock it. And if that, if that player then becomes active again and comes back in and wants to uh, wants to restart their carrier and pay a, um, a small fee to to um, uh, administer a electric shock to their crew to get them back uh, and working again. I, th I think that would be a, a, a reasonable compromise. But but mm. just taking away a five, you know, ten billion dollar asset just like that and charging you a bunch of money for it just seems a little bit nasty, really. Question: mm. Are these important to get out for the next beta, or are they just important to get? In June, do these things be testing out at all? Is it really important you see it for the next beta in May, or is that really a uh, June thing? Are you asking me? Or yeah, just in general, yeah. For me, certainly, certainly by June, I'm not too bothered if they, um, if they, if they, if they're not in the next beta, um, as long as I'd, I'd like to, I'd like Frontier to have a little mm. a, a discussion with us about that. Mm. And say we're thinking of doing this. Whether you know what Frontier's like, whether that's going to happen or not is another matter. But that's what I, I'd that's what I'd like to see. Re responding to Rini real quick, I, I actually kind of think it's important that they do it sooner rather than later. And the here's why. Know it's coming. Yeah, here's here's why. Because as, just as Alec pointed out, them changing the upkeep costs sort of removed the tension from the room and allowed mm. people to talk more about the mm -hmm. other things. Where mm -hmm. removing the, I, I agree with Burr 100%, the decommissioning is the biggest single problem left that people are focusing salt on. And if you get rid of it, the sooner the better, because then it allows people to have constructive conversations about sort of more meaningful aspects. Yeah, I suppose what's left to be tweaked. I mean, in that vein, then, you know, being a sort of explore, you know, all I'm going to do is, is be filming and exploring. That's all I'm ever probably going to be doing. Um, please, can I have a shipyard so that my fleet carrier is actually a fleet carrier when I start? Whether that, you know, <laughs> they tell me about that sooner rather than later. Yeah, I know it's not for everyone, but I just think it kind of, 
is not quite advertised right. If it's a fleet carrier, I want to be able to put my fleet in it straight away and not have to buy that as a module. Either have no modules in from the start or start with that one default and then let us build up from there. I'd like for me personally. It kind of feels like a US aircraft carrier at the moment that can't carry any aircraft, but it's got a gift shop. Yeah, I can carry <laughs> everyone else's, but I just can't carry mine. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. can, I, can I just sort of ask about that, though? Because presumably if you have a shipyard, that's going to take away from your 25,000 tonne capacity yeah. straight away. Mm. So so having it optional does have a benefit that someone who yeah. really doesn't care can, mm. can, can fit more tonnes of cargo in. That's yeah, a valid that, point. In that case, then why – surely it's a, a more level playing field for all of us to start with nothing, just make, make every – yeah, module bought in <clears throat> so that everybody can if we're <clears throat> supposed to be able to tailor these which is where the whole shift has gone from these pre sort of modules that we had before the support ships they've gone these are all to be tailored for exactly how we want it well let me do that from scratch and let everybody do that from scratch don't put anything in as default surely that's the more logical way to go then i'd vote for mm. that in a heartbeat actually that you just buy a skeleton carrier and then fit it out as you see fit, fit exactly as you want it because re you know again looking just at our our scenario here re's got absolutely no use for a commodity market well, so the, the tritium the tritium depot you have to have because that's your fuel tank so that's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Really optional but the what, no. i guess what we're saying here would be what, what re is Option. suggesting is strip out the market because that's a different thing yeah yeah completely Make it as blank, as blank wait, 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 wait. Okay, why why do you have to have the tritium why can't i install the tritium deposit and then use it and then once i have my fleet carrier where i want let's say part of a deep space network then just say remove that deposit and we're not going to like suspend it i just think from a so as far as why that's a if you're installing or uninstalling now we're talking there's a difference between suspend unsuspend mm. uh, and then install uninstall install uninstall you can't uninstall your gas tank when you're out in the middle of nowhere because there's there's no facility there to handle that. You have to like remove stuff from the ship, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, do oh. you guys think that this, uh, so s flipping it to, to be either a skeleton or having like the fleet carrier aspect of it be part of the default, I, I noticed a lot of the salt in the community revolved around that, even if it was just symbolically. Um, do you think that would have gone some some way toward preventing some of that, like the fleet carrier that can't cover your carry your fleet. Um, I, I've, you know, that piqued my interest when I first heard it. And I, then I started hearing it repeated a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I wonder if that was sort of an emotional uh, misstep that could have prevented some of the anger. I, I agree that it did cause, it was sort of a rallying cry that people could make. People like to have things where they point to that they're like, well, right. that's absurd. And it makes a nice sound bite. But when you think about what Watherspoon just said, it's a very, very mm -hmm. valuable point of like, hey, look, a, a shipyard does take 3,000 uh, uh, tons of capacity off of your 25k mm -hmm. when you think about it if you are that guy who's a lone trader who's like i want a full 25,000 and i do not want to be encumbered by this i kind of i, I was one of the people that was always saying give me the shipyard built in duh but now that i hear that point that's a very very smart point that like for some people they might want the freedom to have that extra 3,000 tons 
Yeah, I'm becoming convinced as well. Mm. I think Plater wants. In. Yeah, I got some to chip in on that big time. <laughs> Come now, on, in. you're talking about what if the, you know what, what if the um, the shipyard was a standard, and um, you know it takes up it would take up space. If it was standard, it wouldn't. The same way the tritium deposit doesn't. It, it, mm. it wouldn't. It just wouldn't take up that space because it would be a standard. You know, so you, you, get, mm. you get penalized for optional extras. But if someone slaps something down in front of you and says, "This is it," you don't know any different. So, so you're saying that it, it was, should have the shipyard and the twenty-five k. Yeah, because I'm that sold. twenty-five k <laughs> is not is again an arbitrary number. The same way, even if they were to say, "Right, here you go. Here it is, our standard. We we'll put the shipyard in there. It now only does twenty-two. You, sir, At have just point, convinced me. Um, because <laughs> at, at this point, if you said, you know, now it has 22, we know that it before it had 25. So there becomes a psychological <laughs> problem. Mm-hmm. It's the same way that it's much easier to give people something for free than take something away. And, and that's kind of what would have to happen. So if it was to be standard, and honestly, I think that, you know, you'd have maybe your shipyard as is, you can only store ships with it until you buy a stock. So it is just storage at that yeah, point. Yeah. So yeah. that's that. That's okay. I, I think that would be perfectly fine, and I think that would be the right direction to go for a quick and easy win. Because again, it's numbers on a spreadsheet, which, as we know, Frontier are very capable of changing, and it's mm. a very easy change for anyone to make. So I, I think that would be the correct direction to go with that. And I don't want to say any more about other changes I want to go for because I know Astro is actually next. So, Commander Plater for president. <laughs> president of Fleet Carriers. I think actually, uh, reading when you're you first, at least according to the, really, really the chat. The small point on that is something that we were discussing here, and I know that Burr's discussing on stream at the minute with his crowd, which we thought uh, very much in, in Plater's camp that you, you, you have a, a standard small shipyard that doesn't take anything out of your storage. Even if they did a sort of a smaller version that doesn't take anything out of your um, storage capacity, and then if you want a bigger one, then you start perhaps that ha- that's an optional that you can make out have a bigger one, and that yeah. does take up space uh, and use some of your storage up for. That was just something we were looking around here as well. Great. I think most of what they have done already with the services is absolutely wonderful. I love the idea of being able to enable or disable modules to customize the fleet carrier. And I just want more of it. As some of you guys have said, let's split up the, the shipyard so you have one for storage and one for selling. Do the same with modules, one for storing modules <laughs> and one for selling. And the, there is the, the whole decommission system. I think that's going to be a whole discussion in itself. But the only other major thing I have right now is around refueling. And the problem I see right now is that you are forcing explorers with a fleet carrier into a game loop that they might not enjoy. You are forcing explorers to go out and mine. If they want to move their fleet carrier, they have to fit a mining laser and they have to go out and they have to go and mine themselves some fuel. And I'm never a fan of when you when you force players into a game loop that they might not enjoy. It's the same thing when people want to make mining more difficult and say there should be a bigger risk. So just, and people then suggest, well, just add a lot of NPC pirates that will come after you all the time. And I've always been like, no, because then you're suddenly forcing combat into a mining game loop. If you want to make mining more difficult, well, make the rocks do more damage when you than when they explode or something. I don't know. Find some yeah. 
chances of like hidden gas deposits so when you mine the whole rock is going to explode in your face force oh, you like that. Mm. that would be cool it mm, would add data really to cool. mining but, but, but don't add another gameplay loop that people might not enjoy into an existing gameplay and that's what they're doing right now with the, with the fleet carriers for explorers that they're forcing them out mining so I would really like to see an alternative way other than A, buying it on a station or mining that's pretty much covers everybody in the bubble. But I would really like to see a third way to gather fuel. And I, I don't have a necessarily the, the best or a very good solution. Me and Kai discussed it um, in, uh, in the lead week, uh, I think last week, or was it this week? Last week. This, last week, yeah. Um, where we, we discussed like, but could you have a service that would just say, well, if you are in the, if you park your carrier in the orbit around a planet with an ice ring they will slowly gather fuel on its own it's basically a service you pay some money for it mm. and then it gathers fuel not as fast as if you went mining yourself that would probably still have to be faster but you could do it passively you could passively regen your fuel and would allow explorers for another way to to gather fuel it's good idea. um mm. yeah yeah i have someone on twitter saying passive refuel at neutron stars yeah maybe so you have to go mm. and look for a neutron star in order to, uh, to refuel um that could work too some way for explorers to get refueled their fleet carriers in uh, in a non-mining way, in a more explorer-friendly way. I think that would be really, idea. really nice to see. Yeah, it's a really good idea. So someone in our chat has just said mining drones. That'd be quite cute as well. Yeah, exactly. Something that would consume some of your profit or, mm. you know, and, and yeah, just exactly. do it in the background. Well, yeah. not, not for nothing, but we are paying an entire fuel department right. Who's to say they can't hop in some god darn ships <laughs> and go on out there and get some fuel? And this could, what the this hell could am be, I paying you people for? <laughs> this could be an optional setting too. We just postulated two sizes of shipyard. You could have two sizes of, yeah, of yeah, tritium yeah. centers, and one of them mm. will passively mine. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. maybe cost you a little more, but that's, yeah, a, right. that's an option Absolutely. you can buy. Yeah, great idea. Yeah. Bravo. That would be really nice. We like. Yeah. Ty? <laughs> Have we lost Did Ty? Ty? <laughs> Ty? You're, you're lighting up, but we're not hearing you. Okay, I'm going to take over real quick just until he comes back. Drop and come back, Ty. Um, so looking at this, we are... We just covered Astro, so we're on to Watherspoon. Your thoughts? Hey. So... Have have we covered yet the kind of edge case of people who perhaps, I don't know, work in the military or something and have to go away for periods of time? And Not been mentioned yet. Well, oh, no. so it, it, was, it was sort of touched upon tangentially by Burr when he said that we need to look at the decommissioning thing. Right, okay. your thoughts per on that? Per well, per perhaps we need, we need to discuss that at some point uh, along, along the route. Um, because I, I, I kind of don't like the idea of the stasis that you've talked about, but I can see that there's a need for it. Um, that, you know, kind of sometimes, unfortunately, people just have lives where they, they, they can't be playing every week. And, you know, you don't want to penalize people for, you know, having, having real life and sort of not being able to come in and play the game every week. So the question is, how do you manage to get 
something in there that um, that's not going to kind of give an unfair advantage, you know, kind of like you don't want to be able to say, okay, I'm putting my ship into stasis now and then I'm going to leave it three, three months and then wake it up again and meanwhile be playing away sort of elsewhere in the game. Um, but at the same time, you probably don't want to have the really punitive um, sort of loss of credits when your ship gets repossessed. So, so I don't know. I mean, sort of, I, I can't remember what, what you suggested, Kai, but, but certainly sort of the idea that you could take your, take your fleet carrier back to one of the stations where you bought it from and say, look, can I do a, can I, can I kind of cash it in for now, get my money back and, uh, you know, kind of get a discount next time I want to buy a fleet carrier or something of that nature, some some kind of justification for saying, you know, like, I, I want to stop paying for it right now, but I want to be able to buy it back again at no, at no penalty later. Okay, and there are cool. lots, of, lots of ways of achieving that. But, but can I also say something that really I'd like to see for the June launch? Sure. Something that, mm-hmm. That's, okay. This is the time for it. This is your round. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, the Hunt Truckers who I am one off, um, we, we, we have a kind of thing about hut and mugs. Yeah. And you know, kind of, we, we, we do things with hut and mugs quite a bit. That's a rare good. Mm. One of the things that fleet carriers can't do is store rare goods. And, and the logic for that was described by Dav Stott as that, that, that rare goods have a specific place in the game. And the idea is that they help sort of starting out players uh, find their way around the galaxy, explore new places, and make some credits fairly quickly early on, which is fine. But then I guess we, we kind of use hut and mugs for something a bit different, you know, like hot mess, where we say, let's take a hut and mug to every station in the galaxy. And it's yeah, not about mm-hmm. making money. It's about it's about a, a kind of a, a big kind of community event. They're MacGuffin, things- aren't they? Mm-hmm. They are a MacGuffin. They are indeed, yes. And and one of the things we would absolutely love to be able to do is, uh, because with fleet carriers you can do this, you can jump straight to Hutton Orbital. Um, you could then sort of have a load of Hutton truckers and other people loading up the fleet carrier, and then you could jump out to somewhere sort of right on the other side of the galaxy, um, and you could you could then have people unloading them again. Mm. That would be a great mechanic. At the moment, we can't do it because... I, I I don't think there's a particularly good reason. I don't think there's any um, there's any real exploits. I mean, yes, you could you could jump 500 light years and then sell all your mugs at a significant profit, but not as much as you could get from mining, to be honest. So I don't really think it's a big deal. Mm. Uh, I'd like them to think about that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't know. You couldn't store rares. Actually, that's a new one on me. You cannot store, nor buy, nor sell them. They can't interact in any way with the fleet carriers. But you can have them in your cargo hold while you land on the fleet carrier. But Watherspoon is exactly right. That's just an extra added hoop. Right. Right. Hmm. Um, Commander uh, Commander Plater, you're up, bud. Um, yeah. Changes. Um, I would like to see. <clears throat> Um, with not only the buying and selling of ships and modules to be uh, much easier to be profitable, Mm. um, but also totally modular with which modules you buy and which ships you buy. Mm. Because at the moment, you know, you have to buy a pack and you buy a pack of ships. And why on earth um, I completely (laughs) stuck having to buy two belugas, three orcas and two dolphins when I might not want to sell that? 
Um, and it's that kind of thing. And it also mm. with the, yeah, let me sell all of these fuel scoops. Why, why am I selling all these different many fuel scoops? It's kind of a, actually, I don't want to have that end stock. It's my, it's my <laughs> ship. It's my shop. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I said this the other day that if all I want to do is sell toilet paper, then, um, you know, I'm going to make money hand over fist when people need toilet paper. Um, <laughs> Hold on, you got toilet paper? Wait, wait. This uh, just what did you think of that? Uh, hang on, I'm going dark. Uh, covering address, uh, print tracing. Um, but no, it's that, kind of, it's that kind of thing where you should be able to specifically say supply and demand. And there is a demand for different modules out in different places uh, especially parked up by a ring you might only want to sell ships that you'd be like okay this is good for mining this is what someone actually wants to use um and they'd be like a hey guys I've got a bunch of type nines perfect for your low temperature diamond mining i'm ready to go but you can't just have that you have to have lots of other stuff as well and the mm-hmm. same with the, the the buying of the different different modules and i just don't think it's quite it, we've got great flexibility mm-hmm. I think we need to go a step further. Mm. And to me, I think there is an option to do that where even if I have to buy 25 sidewinders at a time, cool, let me buy 25 sidewinders, but don't make me buy um, you know, the, the, 20, the 30 haulers at the same time. Let mm. me just buy the sidewinders. Um, and also let me overstock on stuff as well because you mm-hmm. can only have that 25. And even when you top up, you're topping up and you, don't, um, you, you can't go any higher. You, you can only go to your maximum of that regardless if you have space and i would like to see that as a as a bit more flexibility and options wise so you know i do have that full customization that i would really like um, mm. and obviously i know we're going to talk about it in a minute um decommissioning i i, do, <laughs> I, I want something changed with that but when we all talk about it we all talk about it um mm. but you know th- th- there are many different options and great gameplay friendly ideas in there from people um but I'm trying to think, is that everything that I would want changed? Hmm. I think so. Um, it would be nice if I could timetable a couple of jumps, mm-hmm. but not like a whole day's worth. Um, uh, that, and also the mentioning about the, the not being able to move tritium from your hold into your tritium deposit without having to first transfer it to a ship, and then from your ship into there. I, I don't think that makes a huge amount of sense. Mm. Um, I, I don't really, I don't, I don't understand quite why it's like that. Um, and it is great having a transfer all option, but unless you have the perfect amount for of tritium that you have for your cargo space, you can't do that. You can't do a transfer. Or mm-hmm. you can only, you have to do the sit there, hold the button. So yeah, I would like to see some some changes there. Like I say, I do also want that click. Let me type a number in. Mm. Um, you know, and, and regardless of saying it's a. Uh, you know, don't want another gameplay menu coming up. Um, you have that when you go on the galaxy map, so I don't see the issue. It's already there. Um, I, I would like to think that we'd already have a number pad on, you know, I- I- in our ships if we've got these these computers that we're using. Mm-hmm. Nice point. Yeah, yeah it'd be there. Well said. I mean, if the if the guy working at the fuel deposit are so dumb that they can't move <laughs> from storage to fuel deposit they have to go over a ship do we really want them to fly spaceships and mine for us well, here's, <laughs> yeah. the thing. Here's, here's the thing astro that's why we have a button that says fire that guy we'll get a new one in. Ah, I guess. oh yeah yeah no, I, I, I i agree let's like move between cargo and fuel deposit yes please isn't there, isn't there a bigger problem there though that if if you're not actually docked on the fleet carrier at the time you simply can't move tritium 
Correct. Yeah, into the yeah. depot. Yeah. Correct. And, and that's yeah. much more of an issue if you've gone off somewhere and yeah. you know, kind yep. of your fleet carrier just runs out of fuel. Yep. Yeah. That is the key heart of that whole argument that they were making. Yes. I can understand though why it works the way it does, because everything in the game at the moment is about buying and selling, moving things to and from your ship, the ship that you are actually piloting. Mm. So 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 if we want to be able to move things between two different stores within the fleet carrier, that adds a new mechanism. So Which needs to be they, added. Exactly. They need to do a bit of coding to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, the, I mean, the alternative, I suppose, would be to just say, let's just say there's only one tritium deposit. If you check in any tritium, it goes into the into the fuel, but you can still you can still sort of buy it out if 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 you're allowed to. You can transfer it out to your ship. Alternatively, yeah. let let the owner decide how big the tritium deposit should be. Give mm. me a slider somewhere so I can say, do I want to allocate a thousand? Do I want to allocate twenty thousand for for tritium? And yeah. then tritium just goes there. Well, there's, it's definitely, there's two answers for how you handle that. And however they choose to, I don't care, but they need to pick one. Yeah. Option A is you tick a box that says, my, fl- my fuel crew has the authority to move whatever they need to accomplish the jumps I've directed them to accomplish. And option two is you manually allocate uh, supplemental fuel storage from your cargo hold. Either one, I'm happy, but pick one, but fix it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, Kai, you want to chime in here on what you want to see before June? Okay. Ah, here we go. Step one. <laughs> the decommissioning process, Burr is absolutely right, and we're going to take a round on that. But that is, of the issues that are left to be fixed, honestly, that is 90% of You've already fixed 90% of everything, and this is the 90% of the 10% that's left is right here. Um, Number two, uh, absolutely agree. You need to be able to suspend, unsuspend anywhere, and you need to be able to, and and that suspend rate needs to be back at the 10% that we saw on Frontier's actual video on the second. Um, Number three, uh, we definitely need to be able to schedule multi-jumps and, and the crew, the, as we just said, the fuel needs to be sorted. Um, number four, shipyard should be added. Basic fleet carrier that can't carry a fleet is a sad thing. Number five, um, in the beta, you can see a list of all the fleet carriers on the galaxy map as a filtered option, just like you can system states. But you can only do that when you're docked. That, to me, feels, I pray to God that that's a bug, because the that whole point like it. to being able to see where fleet carriers are, to me, would have immense value when you're actually out in the black and needing a place to land. When you're already landed at a station, you don't really care all that much. But I, I, I feel like they, that that needs to be... When, when that goes live in June, I really, really hope that that is fixed to where you can see it anywhere. You can filter for fleet carriers and you should be able to click on it and just see the list of the icons of what services they provide. So you can say, oh, this one doesn't have cargo or, or this one doesn't have restock or this one doesn't have uh, a shipyard or this one does have this or does have that. It does have advanced repair whatever. Um, that so sound like a bug to me that you can't yeah. see it when yeah, in space. Yeah, right. Yeah. The date and timestamp for my Buckyball brethren needs to get get done. Amen. And then, and then a please 
Frontier take a balance pass at the entire uh, ship selling module selling process. Mm. As many people have pointed out, number one, you need to be able to order a la carte. There's absolutely no reason why if you have a use case that is not in any way involve, you know, uh, uh, sidewinders, you get stuck buying 12 sidewinders because it comes with the pack. Um, th- there's no point. Like, I would never buy a car dealership if the uh, model, the business model was I buy the cars for 100% of the price and then try to sell them from the factories, try to sell them to other people. You need to be buying at a greatly reduced price in order for it to be in any way desirable for anyone to visit your your fleet carrier to, to buy anything. Um, that's the whole point of buying in bulk. That's the argument they gave us when they said, hey, man, we're going to charge you a tax when you try to come with your 500 tons of void opals because, you know, you're you're selling in bulk. Well, it works both ways. You need to give us a discount yeah, on yeah. that so that people that want to play flying Walmart have some form of a purpose. And for people that are sort of out in the black and they're like, hey, I have a limited number of ships. I think it would be nice if there was some tick a box option to rent out a ship where I, you know, like a plater comes to visit me and we're going to go Canyon racing on some moon and we're both going to go in Cobras. He doesn't have a Cobra. He's in his Jumpaconda. He should be able to buy that Cobra for the full price, use it for the day while we're out racing in canyons and then come back. And when he clicks to resell it, since we, like we had somehow there needs to be some mechanism where that doesn't just poof away out into the ether, but goes back into restock so yeah. that the next day when Burr shows up and says, all right, I'm ready to teach you how to race in these canyons. Never gonna he, that ship is available. We can we can still do that. So those are those are the big thing. And then uh, for little things, man. Your frontier, you did such a phenomenal job on the whole graphics and sound around jumping a fleet carrier. Please, please, please let people see that. If you're, if you, if I'm docked on my fleet carrier, or if all of us are docked on my fleet carrier, and it's about to jump. It kicks us out of every menu we're doing, anyways, and locks us to a screen where we're just staring at the hangar wall. Why don't it, please kick it out to a, a external view so we all get to see the awesome job that your amazing team did in doing the whole graphics and animations for the jump process. Um, yeah, the, the, the changing the, the adding in the button for the transfer all on the money was awesome. That is very, very cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. I'm done. I, I think uh, I was probably next to weigh in. I don't really have anything else to add besides um, the the station menu. I really like the new station menu layout, but there was weird stuff to do with what was being, uh, re- like the repair all button actually does your paint too. A lot of us like to leave our paint screwed up. Uh, and so that was crummy having to go in and repair each module individually and stuff like that. I think that's got to be like bug or, or something. So I'm not really worried about that staying. So that's the only other thing. Ty, you're not broadcasting again. So that, that means we got to, you know, we reached the, the elephant in the room. Okay. Being decommissioning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've hold, got, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. Before we get to decom, before we get to decom here, um, okay. Here, here's here's kind of the, here's my off script question I want to ask you guys. 
So the way that that, that Frontier handled the, the fleet carrier backlash, is this, do you guys think they handled it the right way? Or do you think they're setting a precedent that if people whine enough, that they're going to get what they want? Alec? <laughs> okay. I mean, how do you mean exactly? How have they handled the backlash? They, you know, they, like I said, maybe they deliberately pitch things badly to get the feedback. They've got the feedback. They've changed the numbers. I, I, I don't know that they've especially handled backlash. They've done what you do in a beta. You, you get feedback and you, you tweak stuff. I, I don't think it's quite the same as like the, you know, the open letter situation where they've, it seems like they've caved into community pressure. This is what, this is what a beta is. You know, they, mm. they, they've changed some stuff based on feedback. I don't think mm -hmm. that's the same as handling backlash. Mm -hmm. uh, Burr Pitt? Yeah, I'd agree with that, to be honest. I don't, I don't feel like there was any... Um, I, think, I, think, I think, to be honest, we were probably always going to end up in the place that we're at now. Um, and I don't think there was any, um, any handling in inverted commas at all, really. Um, I don't mean that in a disparaging way, but I think I think we're always going to end up here, and this is all part of the plan. This is a plan. Mm. Uh, Astro. Yeah, I mean, if we just look at how they handled it after the uh, the first week, I I can't see them have handled it um, well any differently. I mean, they they pretty much gave people most of what the of of, of what was being uh, being asked for, so. I mean, I'm not complaining. I think uh, it was handled uh, handled quite well. I would just have wished they would have made these announcements <laughs> earlier. I mean, so just something like, yes, we are aware of the upkeeps. We are looking into it. That would have put a little the discussion, I think, a little bit earlier, but again, minor things. Um, uh, Plater. Um, I think with Frontier, they are notoriously tight-lipped. Um, mm -hmm. like famous for it. And uh, I think one of the reasons why is um, the, the community's response to information. Um, and no, I'm not saying it's our fault um, that we, that Frontier are tight-lipped. Um, you know, that they do choose how they react to feedback. But every time something gets changed or put in or... Um, even whispered about that there's this great bit of um, immediate reluctance from the community, regardless what it is. Um, you know, carriers could have been put out with uh, an upkeep of 5 million and you'd still have um, people be just as loud saying, I don't want this. I don't want upkeep. I don't want that. I don't think it should mm. be there. This is wrong. And you will, you will have this thing happen. It'll just be different people doing it. You know, mm. So there's always there's going to always be this um, th this immediate pushback on whenever Frontier give out information, and they I don't think there's been any piece of information they have given at any point in time that has been uh, overall well received by the community, mm. and uh, because that happens, and because they immediately get this this pushback against everything that they that they do, we we don't necessarily get the information. Um, communicated to us in the, the way that we would like, you know, that those of us that are have a sensible head on and be like, a, oh, okay, I mean, you've done this, but I mean, did, is there a reason why it's like that? You, 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 you typically don't get the answer. Mm. Um, 
you know, a, a, unless you happen to catch one of the community managers on a on a really good day and they are literally just about to walk in and talk to one of the devs about something <laughs> and then you get an answer on the day and you're like, oh, thank goodness, you know, <laughs> and you get the answer. And it's always a relief. And it's always a relief when you do get the, that piece of information. But have they, have they responded? They've, res- they've responded to it in the way that Frontier does, which is the, all they say is, we've heard your feedback, we're paying attention mm. to it, the changes aren't fixed because it's the beta. And there's this, why is no one remembering that it's the beta and everything's up for grabs and could be changed? We just need to remember that if you're constructive and you deliver feedback, then you get a better response. That's it. And, well said. Um, you know, well said, that's yeah. it. You be constructive, you be polite. You will always get a better response to... Um, <laughs> I mean, every, everyone, everyone who's had a job has had a bad manager at some point. You know, you've gone and you've done something and they're like, well, this is rubbish. Uh, okay, do it better next time. Well, what does mm. better look like? You have to say what better looks like. And the person may not necessarily know, you know, lower prices. Uh, okay, then you go too low or you don't go low enough. And that's why people have to say, I would like this. And it, it like, I think mm. this would be acceptable or yeah, that, that kind of thing. It, but giving feedback is a very, very complicated thing to do correctly and mm. to do in a way that will be positively received. Um, and someone who is a professional people manager, um, I I can tell you that there are there are week long courses dedicated to these things that you can go on, and people <laughs> still come out of it and still go, I don't like this. That that's that is not the first <laughs> words that should be out of anyone's mouth. It should be the, oh I see I see what you've done. I might mm. have done this instead because mm. you've not said it's wrong. You just said I might do it differently, and mm. not everyone has the same opinions without new information. Um, and that's a ramble. So I, I'm oh, actually to, to just to piggyback off of this. I know it's not my turn, but I'm wondering exactly to that point. The sentiment that's out in the, in the the negative noise that in the in the around the community that like yes, we, I I agree with you, but like I hear people saying, but they're the game developers, not me. How come they don't know better? So what what do we say to that? What do we say to like, shouldn't they have known that this wasn't the case? And I think we've already offered little bits of an answer, but I would love to know your thoughts like specifically based on what you were just saying. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Frontier cannot play the game the way we do. It is impossible because otherwise they wouldn't have any time to make the bloody game. Here, here. So they, they have to rely on feedback. So if they get something wrong and someone goes, oh, it's because the devs don't... Um, they don't understand. They, they, don't, they don't understand. They don't know what they're doing. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, they, they don't necessarily know the same way that we do it. I mean, do, do you think that the people that have made and designed Fortnite are all experts in it and are all brilliant in it? No, of course they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the same thing. Uh, it, it's, there has to be, like, we are the experts because we play the game. We, we have thousands of hours in it. Um, it we, we, get to that, we get to that point. Yeah, and eventually you do get to this point where, like, uh, well, I want to be able to do this, and they're like, well, that can't be done. Might be the response from Frontier, and that should happen. Mm-hmm. They you know, need it, us, it, and they need our cool heads. Yeah, mm. you know, we we have to be able to have um, we have to be able to have sensible conversations, and um, I'm going to say it: no one should get as angry as some people are over a computer game, regardless of how many mm. hours you have in it. Um, there is far more going on in the world. 
you know i just yeah. um I, I have been accused of blaming the victim but <laughs> guess what there's no victim it's a game and mm. you just didn't get what you expected <laughs> that's the answer and you know mm-hmm. yeah, i mean, don't play it I mean, well said well said yeah well so, said yeah uh astro yeah, I just I, I, I first of all I I absolutely agree, Plater. Um, I think the, the easy way to look at it is, I mean, imagine if you if you were were ordered to if you were a painter and you wanted to paint a picture for someone, you you would start by getting feedback about it and say, oh, what do you want? Should it be more red or more blue? But problem is, I don't think Frontier could just go out. Imagine if they just went out without announcing anything, just say, so what do you guys want for fleet carriers? It would be people talking left and right and east and west. So obviously what they have to do is they have to present something first and then say, well, here's something. What do you guys think? And then get feedback and then go through this feedback change iteration loop all the time. And and that means, yes, the first shot is going to be maybe quite a bit off. Um, and as players said, Frontier don't play the game in the same way we do. They don't spend the, the same number of hours in the game um, as we do. And I think I think people forgot really quickly that you were in week one of, or now week two, of a three-month test period. Mm. I, take it easy. A lot of stuff can change. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of stuff still will change. I think when we, if we look back at this, um, at, at, at this talk in like two months or three months when the fleet carriers are out, mm. they're going to be very different from what we have today. I think a mm-hmm. lot is going to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, Watherspoon, you want to hop in here? Oh, fascinating, isn't it? I, I, I think most of us probably agree with, uh, with what Plato was saying. Um, in, in, in a sense, by not being constructive in our feedback, we, we might well have trained Frontier not to share information with us until they're ready. Uh, certainly the idea of having a prototype makes perfect sense you know you 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 certainly do want to say look this is what we're thinking of doing sort of can you think of any ways that it could be tweaked otherwise it's just as 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 um astro was saying it 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 would just get get chaotic but 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 one thing I, I i really would like to say is that that frontier really does listen it listens to its player base it may not show you that it's listening it may not be obvious that it's listening, but they really, really do listen. They are making a game. They want the game to be best for us, and they really, really, really care about feedback. Well said. Burpit? Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with what Wathers just said as well, actually. They do. They absolutely do listen, but it is, it is sometimes quite difficult to see that that's going on, but they do listen. And you got to bear in mind as well that building a computer game, specifically something as big as Elite, is a massive process and change is often slow. Um, the other thing I just wanted to say on, on, on the subject of, of how we play the game versus how uh, Frontier uh, plays the game, for want of a better expression, is that Elite is quite unique, I, I think, in so much as... Um, you could argue, yes, it's an MMO, but they're ba- they're basically building a universal sandbox, and then you go and play in it. So um, yes, there are there are some structured missions, sort of, kind of, um, but it's not World of Warcraft where you can follow a very definite path from A to B, and then you'll win the game essentially. Mm. Um, uh, I, uh, the great example, I suppose, I keep coming back to is things like um, the Fuel Rats, um, the AXI. Um, I've got a list there. Operation Ida, people like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Frontier didn't design those, 
they've they've put scenarios into the game and then and then we deal with them. Mm. The fuel racks is a particular is particularly is a great example. I don't think anyone at Frontier said, "Oh, I know. Let's have a breakdown service." You know that is that just isn't how it how it works. It's it's a sandbox, and you get in a sandbox, and some people will build a shark, some people will build a castle, and that's that's what Elite Dangerous is. And the day it stops being that, I'll stop playing. A really quick question, because obviously mm. I, I've been in the game a lot, probably a lot less time than you guys. Um, to me, it feels like the perhaps with the sort of new um, community managers and everybody that we've got on board at the minute. To me, it feels like they're listening perhaps a bit more now than they they ever have done. Do you think I'm wrong, or do you think that's actually oh, correct? Do you feel it's exactly the same as it's always been? But to me, they they really seem to be seeking out, you know, feedback, constructive feedback. They've been asking for it everywhere. Surely, mm. shouldn't that give the the community a bit more faith that they are genuinely listening this time round and actually? Mm. Sure should. For sure. I think I think the September update was a bit of a wake up call. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Kai. Hop in here. All right. So on on the points of that were sort of the additional points, I agree with Rini, agreeing with Burr, agreeing with Watherspoon, agreeing with Down to Earth, <laughs> agreeing with Plater, agreeing with Alan Turner. Uh, the, the the fact of the matter is is like yes, they're making changes. They are hiring people. They're specifically go at, going after MMO people. They're changing their practices. The level of engagement that we've seen recently with all of the uh, visits on streams. We've got next Sunday, we're doing an interview with Bruce. Uh, Two Sundays ago, we did an interview with Stephen Benedetti. I know Bruce and Stephen have appeared on pretty much everybody's streams and and they are showing an increased level of engagement and interaction like never before. With regard to, and, and, and I think to Plater's point that he put so, so well, the fact of the matter is, is like when you're putting out a game, first off, you're going to have a thousand different voices arguing at cross purposes. You, one guy's going to say it's too cheap and the next guy's going to say it's too expensive. And no matter what they do, someone or both of those people are going to go, I'm not happy. Like they have to sort of, whoop, sorry, they have to design a, a, uh, like a, a, a process that they think is best and they have to then try to sort of work with that, take feedback on board, but they can't lose track of their own personal, like what they're planning for. Look at World of Warcraft back in the day. Everyone complained, it's too hard. I don't like it. Blizzard said, okay, we'll give you all what you want. We're going to go ahead and cater to you. And then the vast majority of like the hardcore people were like, no challenge. I'm out. And then they bounce. Like you have to sort of be true to your voice of the, as an artist of what it is that you're creating or whatever. And in a, in a sort of marketplace, you have to now balance in people's opinions. It's a, it's a very, very complex process. But with regard to your initial question, when you said, you know, is this good or are they giving in to you know, player or people's demands. I reject the premise of your entire question. I don't think that it's accurate because there is a vast difference between them going about their business and just getting blindsided with an open letter petition demanding you must do this, that, and the other now. That's one thing. Making a change on that can definitely be considered sort of 
giving in to the mob's demands. But this is different. This is a beta process, and the beta process works as as such. Engineers put out a thing. They invite people to come try it early. People come try it. People say what's good. People say what's bad. That is solicited feedback. They're asking for us to tell them what we don't like and what doesn't work. And then they're supposed to make changes based off of that. This is not giving in to people throwing a tantrum. This is them asking us to tell them what we want and them get them giving it to us or some flavor of that. So um, the reason I asked this question is because I was worried it might set a worrisome precedent for what uh, could be happening in the future where people start writing about, well, the galaxy is too big or this doesn't jump as far. And uh, I, That's the reason why I asked that question. I wanted to hear y'all's take on it. My personal opinion, I think they handled it well. I feel like there's a lot of changes they needed to make. But what I kind of want to get into now is – the decommissioning issue. I feel like that that's something they still need to work on a little bit. Um, and we're, we're going to break from the typical uh, thing where we go through the list. We're just going to let everybody kind of chime in here. So go. Okay. I can start. I think it's, if you want to talk about decommission, you have to talk about upkeep as well, because those two things goes hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Um, because if you had upkeep, but no, no punishment for not paying the upkeep. Well, why would anybody pay the upkeep? Similarly, if you if you had a decommissioning system, well, you need to have a way to determine when you decommission it. That being said, I'm not necessarily sure like completely deleting it from your account, saying bye-bye, we're just taking it away from you, is necessarily the best option. Though I don't think I feel as strong about it as many other do, because it can be you can get around the issue. I think one thing that I think we should clarify right now because I see a lot of people getting confused about this. It's not like if you don't log into Elite for 10 weeks, your fleet carrier is gone. You can deposit large number of credits allocated for upkeep. And let's say I deposit enough credits to pay my upkeep for five years. I could do that. I could go away. And if Elite was still running in five years, I could come back in five years and nine weeks and I would still have my fleet carrier. I would be a lot less uh, wealthy, <laughs> but I would still have my fleet carrier. So I think that's one of the, I saw a lot of people got confused about that who thought if you're AFK for 10 weeks, your fleet carrier, gone. That's not the case. So, and also you can, at least if it was, it was, if it was stated the way it was, if it's going to work the way it was stated in the, um, in the handbook, you can sell services at the same price you buy them. It's not like that. I think it wasn't in the first week. It, was, it said so in the commander's handbook, but it wasn't so when we actually did it. So I'm not sure which is correct. I hope you can sell and buy at the same price. That would make sense. So in that case, if you are going away for a long period of time, well, if you're out in the black, you can suspend all your services, hopefully, when it goes live, reducing the price. And I think I did the calculation and it's going to end up at a maximum of around 12 or 13 million credits a week. For um, for all services, like every single service suspended, um, if you have all of them on, if you have some of the services you don't have, it's going to be less. And if you're in the bubble, you can go to a, a administration center and you can sell your services and then you're paying five mil a week. So it's not that bad, I think, um, that the way it is right now. I would like to see it change, but I don't think it is that bad. 
Agreed. Let me let me let me hop in here real quick. Um, number one, um, I know we have some some folks that are on a time schedule. So if you need to burn out anybody, I very much appreciate you guys coming to this. Um, and I hope we can do something like this again in the future. Um, but I think Kai, you had something you wanted to chime in here. Yeah, just I, I pretty much agree with everything that uh, Down to Earth Astronomy was saying. So the fact of the matter is, is the decommissioning process is the thing that is left that is giving everyone sort of the rallying point for the salty crowd to, to have salt over. They're saying this is punishing, 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 and they throw out some you know, weird edge use case. Well, what if uh, tomorrow I'm Jack Bauer and I find that I have to go, you know, chasing terrorists through Kazakhstan for the next five years and won't have internet? Or if my aunt dies and for some reason she lives in the Congo and I have to go there and I live there for two years. Like, okay, I don't really see it, but whatever, dude. If if that's the situation, I, I do understand just in principle the argument of people saying it feels punitive. I do understand completely Frontier saying we need a mechanism for moving derelict fleet carriers off the board. It's just it's taking up space. It's taking up uh, resources. But we need a, a mechanism for that. I say, number one, there's so much salt that's been generated over the term decommissioning that as of now, Change that name just because it's a PR win. Just get rebrand it and then do exactly the same commit decommissioning. But when you decommission, work. When, no, 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 no. <laughs> l- 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 hear, hear me out. Um, that's part one is rebrand it by changing the name. Then do the exact same decommissioning process, the mechanics of it, as far as we take it off the board after X amount of time or whatever. But you add in a recommissioning button, but with a different name, whatever. But the take take out the, anything that's punitive on there. There's no cost. Your stuff doesn't get sold. It doesn't get whatever. It just goes into stasis mode. It's off the server. It's in a separate thing. And when you're ready to get it back, you click a button and at no cost for to you or at some minimal you know cost just to try to counteract people like gaming the system, some small... You know, okay, boom, you get it back. All your stuff is still there. You move on. The whole process of why Frontier says this needs to happen is to save system resources and to get rid of clutter. You can still do that by just doing exactly the same process, but in a way that does not in any way take any value or money or credits or anything from the player. If you just Mm. remove that part of it and rename it, you still accomplish exactly the same process of moving this stuff off of the server. But now when I come back a year later from hunting terrorists through Kazakhstan, I click the button to recommission and at no cost to me or at 10 million or some nominal little whatever, my thing is back. And then all of the people that are throwing salt have to go away because there's nothing left to talk about. Oh, there will be. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. I think that's uh, basically mothballing it, right? Is that what yeah, you could call it? it stasis, mothball, dry dock. Call it anything other than decommission. Because even if you fix the process entirely, if you keep the same name, people are going to complain. Mm. How about anti-Christmas? Call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll chip in. Um, I, I would say that, um, I mean, I, I, I don't like the idea of you losing an asset um, in the way that you do, and especially the depreciation in value, I think is way too extreme. Uh, normal ships don't depreciate like that. Um, modules don't depreciate at all. 
Um, and I, I'm not I'm not sure that taking someone's toy off of them because they're not playing with it is the right thing to do. Um, some people like to have models on their shelves. I do. Um, just because I'm not playing with it doesn't mean you can take it away. I like I like having it, you know. Um, but I think if they are going, if if decommissioning it is a, and I'm highly aware, lots of people will say yeah, probably 100 percent isn't, and it might not be. Um, it is a server load issue. Then just give people a full refund back. Take it off of them. Give them all their money back. Um, that way, it's it, it's a medium. It's in the middle. Um, but to only give someone 33 percent back is not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you should definitely have the ability to be able to rebuy it again and then take it and carry on. You know, if you want to carry on, um, I, I think that's going to be the easiest way to do it. If to clean clutter is the reason, that fixes it. No one's going to be upset by it because you'll have all your money that you can just rebuy a new one if you need to. Um, no doubt it's an automatic process that removes the, um, the, the upkeep and also, um, again, removes the discarded um, you know, derelict carriers. That'll be an automatic process. Um, cool. So, there you go. It also will get, decide who gets the money back as well and how much. So why not just do that? Yeah, it's, uh, that'll be fine. Um, because not everyone wants to preload for, for five years, you know, uh, or even a year. Um, I will, because I have the credits, but other people might not. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, we talk about going off and to do things. Um, you know, I went, I went through chemotherapy, um, you know, a, a year and a half ago. And during that time, I couldn't even look at the ship coming up out of the hangar without feeling nauseated because I felt so sick. I couldn't play for months. Um, so I would be maybe in that situation where I'd be like, actually, it would really suck if I lost it. Um, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to lose out on that $5 billion just because I've got cancer. I would be, I, I'd be put off coming back to the game. I, I, I probably still would because I've got friends who play it. I like hanging out with them and all that kind of stuff. But mm. it's, uh, that would be, that'd be enough to make me go, oh, I'm going to log in. It's going to be crap and it's not going to be there. And that should yeah, that yeah. should happen, you know. It not being there and having all the money back, so you can just rebuy it. Cool, you know, you, you're fine. Uh-huh. Um, but it go, it being gone and you're not having the money, you should be able to rebuy it. Um, and you know, you can say that. Oh yeah, but you can go and get you know a billion credits in an afternoon if you do mining. Um, I mean, that is now we can do that. We don't necessarily know if it's going to continue to be like that. Um, but there's very few other aspects of the game that offer a decent reward. Um, and, and even if you. <clears throat> Even if you can do that, it just feels bad. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's having to work your way back up to where you were before. Um, and the chances are, if you've had to take a long time away from gaming, there's something else going on that also feels like that in your real life, and no one's probably interested. Mm-hmm. So, but that's a very kind of, for me, personal situation. And the same way mm-hmm. other people might be personal. Like you know, Astro said that, you know, he's probably just going to whack a bunch of money on it. You know, I'm going to whack a bunch of money on mine as well, so I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that eventually um, I will step away from Elite Dangerous um, for a period of time. I, I always do, and I always come back to it. Um, but if I do that, then I stand a chance of losing something completely. Um, I, I don't think that's right. Uh, I can pop in here for just a an alternate idea um, regarding upkeep and decon kind of completely that I think might actually make people happy. I, I don't know. That's very presumptuous, I know. But uh, there's already a system where there's some wear and tear when the fleet carrier jumps. 
there's a cost incurred that is simply just, I don't know, spackling all the divots in the ship or something. <laughs> um, you know, and I think this would be important to do within the beta process, you know, not have it be too late so that we could test because I think fine-tuning the numbers would be important. But I think the whole upkeep thing could be just turned upside down and now it's more of a wear and tear repair. So the the carrier doesn't incur any upkeep costs unless it does something. So if a player were to simply deactivate it all and nothing is interacting with it, then it doesn't incur any costs for that player. Uh, and then, but when they jump it, there would have to be, you know, you'd have to make up for that gameplay wise, right? You'd have to increase the cost of its services actually functioning. Not the services existing, but the services actually functioning and it actually jumping and so on would have to have some kind of increased cost. So that would, you'd have to fine tune that. And then maybe decommissioning, you know, that what that would leave us with is the server load issue, right? So if that's really part of what that system is in place for, then perhaps we have a system where if if no player actually interacts with the fleet carrier, so I'm imagining, you know, the owner disappears for months and months at a time. Who knows? But perhaps their squadron is still utilizing the carrier, then it's still serving a function and mm. there shouldn't be any problem with it creating the server load that it creates. But if no player interacts with the fleet carrier for a certain amount of time, perhaps then it just pops off. And, and I don't know if we really need a, a super important lore reason for that because, well, what have we then? We've got you know, a carrier that's not being interacted with by anybody, so nobody's going to know right when it disappears from the system. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe that would just replace upkeep entirely and there's no more need for decommissioning. I, I do think like when the player came back, there's no reason why it shouldn't just pop back into existence for that player when they do a little check-in, you know, with the server or something, right? I actually really like what that. Are your thoughts? That, yeah. The only, yeah. the only, I, I like that. The only thing is, is you need to make sure that it's explicitly stated that interaction, like no interacting with the carrier, means by anyone. Because otherwise, right. you're going to have people that game the system where I put 10 billion credits on my alt. My alt buys the carrier then never logs in and now I have a free fleet carrier for the next five years. Yes, exactly. And I and I think the system, you know, as I'm describing it, would cover like, you know, a, a, a system, a, a situation where the fleet carrier owner is providing services for their squadron, but then has to disappear to who knows what. And the, the squadron continues to use it then it's still in the game and it can still be incurring costs. Hopefully the squadron are maintaining by a- being able to add something to the bank or, or whatever or uh, interact with its commodity market in such a way that it, its costs are covered. Um, I still think having its costs be able to be covered by passive generation is, or maybe not passive, by interactive generation is important. Um, but that that would allow this all to kind of keep functioning, and server load is only used for carriers that are actually being utilized. I mean, cool. with, with that with that setup, you could completely remove upkeep. Um, right. I that's could, not, yeah. That's the intent. Yeah, exactly. You could remove upkeep. Then let's say just to compensate, if 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 Frontier wants to keep having the carriers be a, a significant money sink, then just increase the prices of the services. But it's a one exactly one-off thing. You pay once and you have the service. I, I think then, the service should, gen, like when the service is interactive with, right, it would have a wear and tear versus an upkeep. And that, that would that's sort of a, a name and symbolic change. Like now it's incurring a cost only when it's doing something. 
Uh, and I think that so could you're saying, somehow work with all services. So you're saying upkeep costs for, for example, I'm just going to pull one out of the blue. Upkeep costs for the reimbursement office is zero. But every time you do anything at the reimbursement office, it some way <laughs> generates either a percentage or yeah, it generates a X amount of flat amount of, hey, this is cost has been added or shipyard right, or know, whatever. Somebody had to sweep mm. the floor at the reimbursement that, so office because that, it got used. When you think about it, though, that could sort of create a way for other people to sort of be malicious and then just, yeah, yeah. I'm going to swap ships 9,000 times. Ha, ha, ha. You just got a billion dollar bill. Well, maybe they, yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's a tricky money balance, right? Yeah, mm. I see. I see that point for sure. Yeah, I think I don't think having other people's action giving you an upkeep is necessarily good. I was more thinking like an internal clock on every ship carrier, or uh, fleet carrier, and whenever someone docks, owner or, or visitor, <laughs> and whenever someone, uh, let's say the owner just opens up the uh, the managing interface so he could do it remotely, that clock's reset, and that clock could then be I don't know three months, four months, something like that. And if there's been no interactions with it. Nobody's docked at it. Nobody locks in at it. Nobody's opened up the managing interface in like four months. Then you would, yeah, disable it. Basically, it would still be there. You could re-enable it by just interact by the owner interacting with it. But sure. someone just had to dock at it and log in at it. That so could, it still doesn't address the cost issue. What cost issue? The cost issue of he was talking about trying to change the the cost to where like you get rid of the upkeep cost and you replace it by some form of a cost for what you actually do with it no just remove the upkeep and 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 increase the price of the individual services as a one-time thing instead of having a, a a wear and tear on services that other are using just increase the price for the in services so it's a one-time thing hmm. i mean i wouldn't mind if they stayed where they are i think the price is where they are pretty pretty fine but but if if they were to remove the upkeep and then add an, uh, an additional price to the services I would be happy as well if that meant they would then also remove decommissioning. I suppose that the decommissioning, the only thing that that is supposed to be keeping from is the server load. So if people are, if the, yeah, yeah, I think I think that sounds like it could work. Um, somebody else wanted to jump in. I think I don't want to keep talking. Um, no, I, I was just I was just sort of slightly worried that if if this is one of these deep space support network ships. And it's in a really kind of out of the way part of the galaxy. It'd be a bit awful if it sort of just sort of flipped out of existence because nobody had been that way in a while. Especially if you're the person who arrives there and discover it's not it's not mm-hmm. there anymore. Mm-hmm. So you need some way of bringing it back. Well, based on what Down to Earth Astronomy just said, though, you could still do that. The owner of the that particular carrier could go into his remote access thing and just say, like, click, I've ticked it, it's still active, even if they're not in the area. Oh, so they just need to do that every now and again. He, that's, as that long was as what the he owner pings the server. Yeah, like, so in that case, you as the owner would be saying, I am choosing to uh, keep everything going, even if it's an extra cost to me, and I'm going to keep that system sort of re-updating by okay. manually going in there. It's an interesting, it's an interesting proposal, but it's completely different from what we've got at the moment. So Very. I don't know. Are we really suggesting that Frontier changes track on that, or is this just an interesting alternative? Yeah. Oh, yeah, people, people are real upset about <laughs> So, well, let's yeah. uh, let's shift gears here for just a minute because we're we're talking a lot, a lot about uh, decom 
and one of the things we didn't ask or I didn't ask was what do we want to test? Um, well, what do we want to see them used for in the future is probably a better mm. way to put it. Or how, how do you guys see them being used? Mm. Carriers as a whole. So we're going to just start at the top, start with the burp pit. I mean, okay. we can start there, but the whole idea was uh, just open discussion on it. So, okay. Well, all I'd say is, I mean, like, I can I can only really look at sort of our 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 personal uh, use case scenarios. I as as far as far as how they're going to be used, I I, I think for us or for me primarily, mine's either uh, is mostly going to be doing trade. Mm. Um, I'd like to do really huge trade runs with it if I can, <laughs> um, and also as a, a sort of BGS support platform. Interestingly, just the last uh, couple of weeks, our uh, in-game faction has had a need for um, large landing pads in systems uh they're not a huge distance away from where we're based but um it would have been a, a, an extremely nice convenience to have a, a carrier parked outside of a combat zone or parked in a system mm. uh, where we could land some large ships so um i predominantly i think mine will probably get used for that re i know you've got have you got you got some sort of thoughts on what mm. you might do with yours yeah, I sort to get over the the upkeep issue though. But if I can get through that, then I will get you through that. Yeah, yeah don't worry about I know. That. That, but if, if I've still got to look at it, um, sub, you know, objectively, that if I was a player on my own without the support of Burpit, could I still actually maintain it on my own? But as a, a you know a videographer and do my camera work, I just want to be able to load my all my ships up, take it out to destinations, take various ships out because with footage you get bored of seeing the same ship. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely what I what I use it for. I'm still. Not quite convinced I'm going to be able to do it if there's a if the upkeep cost is too much, or um, so I've still got a few creases to hopefully <laughs> iron out. But yeah, it'd be great fun if I can just do that, go off in one direction, take it off with me, take my big support vehicle with me, and have all my ships loaded up, do a bit of mining in between to break up what I'm doing, and and off we go. Happy days, bit of exploration, bit of videography, job done. Mm. Lovely, Astro. To me, I think the commodity market is the most interesting thing and the way you could use it to either support deep space mining missions or just outright put it in a um, close to a mining hotspot like we have Boran now that's obviously going to, going to change, but put it there and, and people could use it to set up buy orders to, to buy materials to make it more mm. convenient. I think at least that's, that's the thing that's most interesting to me. Nice, nice. Botherspoon. Galactic Fringe Exploration. This is the longest jump range that anything we've had up till now has been able to achieve. There's places we can get to with fleet carriers that we can't get to by any other means. De-risking exploration, having the repair stations, the deep space support network. Um, Mm. Fuel rats. Uh, Okay, Mm. so fuel rats are tiny little mobile scoopable stars, but I'm pretty sure that the fuel rats could use fleet carriers as bases, for sure. Mm. Trading Post, the East India Company. Um which uh, trades goods with other other sort of players who are trying to unlock engineers. Mm-hmm. Fleet carriers could be brilliant for that. Forward, mm. forward repair and supply for, uh, uh, um, for, for, for say, uh, anti-Thorgod campaigns, that sort of thing is good. And mm. Operation Ida, one of the things <laughs> they've had problems mm. with is that you get these stations which are completely out of the way, mm-hmm. miles from the nearest supply station. So mm. what you do is you load up with, 25,000 tons of whatever it is the station needs to be repaired, take the fleet carrier across and unload it again. That's just a few things I can think of. 
Mm. It's a game changer and, for them, surely. Yeah. And, and, and that's before you even mention the Hutton truckers. You know they're going to do some crazy stuff with them. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Plater? I'm, I'm going to go completely out there and say, I see a universe where there are no NPC stations. Nice. Only oh. fleet carriers owned by players, where we have mm. a true player-to-player economy, not just market, not just yeah. where you sell stuff and it disappears, but an actual circular economy where things are produced from raw materials and sold to others um, in a controlled Gasp. manner so that it doesn't get totally ridiculous out of hand with credit buying and selling by third parties and all that crap. Mm. But you, you have this wonderful opportunity to create a flowing natural economy. So mm. you put your purchase order out. Um, in fact, that needs changing anyway, but that would somehow put it <laughs> But, um, you know, you'd open it up so that you'd be able to buy materials from people and then because your carrier's perfectly loaded out to, um, and it's got a fancy shipyard, you're suddenly selling ships. Mm. Um, not necessarily at a ridiculous price, but you're selling them so that people be interested in them. Um, but actually, you know what? The only place that you can get ships now is going to be from other players. And you have this happening, this creating. Uh, mm. And that would be amazing. Horrifically complicated. No idea how it'd be implemented, but wouldn't it be cool? And that means you could have bubbles wherever you wanted. Wherever mm. you set up a fleet carrier, that become yeah. a new bubble. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that, I guess, sort of we're next up. And that brings me sort of to my point of, of all the things that I see, you know, I, I see the hull seals using them. I see the fuel rats using them. I see people using them for, for trade purposes. I see the DSSA. I see individual explorers going out there and exploring through the galaxy on their own. I see AXI using them. I, I, I very much want to see some sectors get unlocked in the coal 70 sector. And, and now, you know, there's a dozen systems that are unlocked in there that you jump your fleet carriers in. And that's the only human presence is those fleet carriers. And you use them to rearm, refuel and, and get out there and take the fight to Tharg. I would love to see all of that. And, and to Plater's what, what sort of what Plater was saying, I don't really foresee a situation. I, I, I kind of don't like the idea of getting rid of all of the the player the NPC stations because I, I I would like to see the bubble stay the bubble. But what I would like to see is in in December when we get the new era, if just I don't know per se maybe by chance that it that includes base building. It's uh, just a just a wacky thought. And with those bases. There's the means of production. There's some ability for players to create their own, you know, items. And and now you find, uh, you know, a dozen friends go out to an area of 40,000 light years in, in any direction and create their own micro bubble where their fleet carriers are working in conjunction with their bases on a couple of planets and with between the production of those bases and the ability the docking and sales abilities of the fleet carriers they become interconnected and you have still the bubble for the people that want to you know sort of the starter zone area you still have the bubble and it's still there nothing's taken away but for the people that really want to go out there and and just engage in that pioneer spirit they make their own micro bubble wherever and maybe people know about it and maybe people don't. It's just love out that. there, man. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be bubble confirmed. To to me, <laughs> to me, micro bubbles, player player control bubbles, that would make Elite Dangerous the single most like impressive game 
pretty much in the history of of mankind. Like that, that the 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 amount of sort of level of freedom that that would mean would just be crazy, crazy, crazy out there. What, what do you guys think about just everybody? What do you guys think about the idea of the fact that this is not in these aren't these these don't exist in a vacuum that between now and December, we expect some ramp up of different storylines or different something to happen to lead us to the new era. What do you guys think about the possibility of narrative changes that could be tied to fleet carriers? Well, <laughs> may I? <laughs> May I step in on that one? That okay? I concede the floor to my good friend, <laughs> Commander Burr. <laughs> I have some very specific thoughts on that, which I believe I've vented several times. Uh, I So the the Witch Head sector uh, opened up. You you like uh, the perfect crowd, actually, to tell me if I'm mad here, right? So the, the Witch Head sector opened up if my, uh, as, a, as a, a sort of forward operating base that would be really handy to jump into uh, the Barnard's Loop area. Um, my geography and understanding of the lead dangerous galaxy is correct in that regard. Is that right? Would you say that was accurate, everyone? Yep. Yes. Okay. So it's not quite close enough, however, to be, you know, to be on the doorstep. <laughs> however, if you had a carrier down there, you moved a carrier down to uh, the Witchhead sector and then went, right, okay, now we're good to go. You load everybody up. I mean, surely this has got the AXI salivating. You load everybody up onto <laughs> your carrier and then you jump to Tharg the Mighty's doorstep and then in you go into uh, into what we think is the area that the the Thargoids predominantly inhabit. Mm. Um, if you look at if you if you cut it down to bare basics and you look at if you look at carriers at Frontier as a as a project that was undertaken by an IT department, quite often you'll find a case where there's a, a number <laughs> of projects that all come together at the same point and then new feature arrives, whatever mm. that happens to be. Um, carriers fell behind. Carriers failed to reach its uh, its its deadline. Plus, there were one or two other problems, and as a consequence of which, we've had a six month, seven month, possibly a year long gap where not much has happened, particularly with regards to the Thargoids. I honestly think that when Carriers finally launches, at the very least, something is going to happen with the Thargoids, and I think we will be moving into the Barnard's Loop area. Uh, and also, I've said this before. I wouldn't make any long-term plans for buying property on Earth. I don't. I don't think the bubble <laughs> is in danger of being burnt, and I don't think Sol is in danger of being burnt. But I honestly believe that Earth is toast. Uh, and have I gone too far here? And uh, like, for for example, the White House is on Mars. It's not on Earth. It's on Mars these days. So there's no reason why you couldn't just stomp all over the strawberries on Earth. So I don't know that that will happen in in June, but I certainly think um, Barnard's Loop will open up in June, July-ish, maybe, possibly, maybe. Mm. Awesome. End Who else preach. has some? <laughs> Hop in. Wow. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right, all right. Stop Sorry, everyone. I, I, I 100% the, um... agree, man. <laughs> It's, it's an interesting thing to think about how so i mean what we're looking at right now the way these fleet carriers are we're looking at base building that's what we're looking at we're looking at the the bare bones of how bases are going to work mm-hmm. and i think i think the way that they've done fleet carriers basically confirms that we're getting uh base building for the the new era the 2020 update 
I, I'll, I'll go you officially. one further. It doesn't officially confirm it, but yeah. Go I'll ahead. go you one further. Why Why is it that they included the marketplace standard on every carrier? Why would you possibly do that? Well, it occurs to me that you would do that if you really, really wanted to make sure that everyone had one because you were really, really interested in collecting the data from how yeah. they get used. Yeah. So, so it, Elite Dangerous has never had a player-controlled economy. And now for the first time, Elite Dangerous has the ability for tra- players to trade directly with each other. And they didn't just include marketplaces. They also included, for the first time, an actual meaningful material, a commodity that we would be interested in trading for use. Everything else up till now, bio-waste, low-temperature diamonds, the only reason why you have to, to, to buy it is to sell it somewhere else, so arbitrage. But now... For the first time, they introduced Tritium. I can sell you something that you as a player can actually use. So if you put markets and you put one thing that players can actually use, you get a six-month-long unannounced beta test where they sit behind the scenes, look at all the metrics and see what the heck we do with this, and then say, okay, we feel comfortable that that's how this works. All right. And the storage part, we feel comfortable we're we're seeing all the problems. We're seeing the issues. We've 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 handled them. Now we can include storage for everyone. Now we can include markets in in just the regular stations because we've kind of whatever. Now we can create production so that these players can actually build things that they can meaningfully trade with each other that they'll have a purpose for. Like I think they're really. Like these are very, very good signs for what's to come when you really kind of sit down and think about like, well, why would they do it this way? Why would they do it? You know, it's like, well, it seems very limited for a market. Yeah, it is very limited for a market. And you know what a smart person would do if they're trying to add a marketplace to a game that has never had one that's already established for years? They would do it very slowly and very carefully and track the data. Interesting. You know, kind of to your point is that um, you know, everything that is in the game right now, commodity-wise, is something that you can't really do anything else with. And if you're going to have a ground base at some point, which I think that we're going to have, it's not a stretch to think that we're going to have uh, a manufacturing of some type. And, you know, having fleet carriers, every one of them having, having the commodities market makes it to where, you know, you have the ability to sell what you're making. And part of like the way they did the ships to where you can buy packs of ships or whatnot, maybe that's because the next step is to you build a ship and you sell it the way it's outfitted, mm. the way you outfit it. And they could actually go so far as to say, well, maybe certain ships have become rare because of the Thargoid attack or something. Maybe certain, maybe maybe anacondas are now rare. Maybe, maybe uh, uh, Vets are rare in the galaxy now. Only only a few people can get them, and maybe the only certain markets that will have them, and they won't just be everywhere like they are now. Mm. They, they could make a simple law argument. Like imagine the Thargoid war ramps up again, and the Federation go or core dynamics goes. Well, we got to prioritize producing uh, corvettes for uh, for fighting the Thargoid war, and there will be less available for well, quote unquote, civilians to buy. Mm. Maybe there's lots of there's so many different things and different ways that they can go with it. But like the what we're so I, I may have listened to another uh, uh, discussion or roundtable discussion or whatever in the last couple of weeks that 
that kind of focused on the issue of like, well, what's it for? What I don't really see why anyone would use this. And just in the last 10 minutes, we've run through so many between, you know, AXI and Ida and the fuel rats. And the fact that like for the first time, the buckyballs, the buckyballers, you know, they use stations as their waypoints in their race. They can now craft their races. They can put stuff everywhere. Players, we can use them as player groups to sort of generate awesome sort of content and, and awesome like there's there's so many things just with what we know now. There's so many ways that we've just run through how you can use them. And then when you tie that to the stuff that we suspect slash hope is coming, there are so many more cool things that will open up. I I just I, I'm I'm feeling like there's tons of uses for these things and there's more coming. And I'm super, super hopeful and excited. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Yeah, can I just jump in quick? Absolutely. Uh, this this will have to be a, a, a closing thought from us because we've got a um, we've got food, frankly. Um, but all I'd say is like uh, just to tie into what um, Kai just said is uh, pretty much that from my perspective, I think the the whole way and I, I know I said this before, but the whole way Elite is built is it's a it's a tool set. It's a it's a sandbox, and fleet carriers are another tool uh, in that in that tool set and um frontier will chuck them in there they'll give them a degree of functionality and then they'll sit back and see what we do with them yeah and i i think i just i just hand on heart believe that is the way mostly that elite dangerous is is built there aren't there aren't really any 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 walls or any constraints or any rails that you have to follow for the most part that's that's basically how this game works i know quite a few people often struggle to see that but that that is the nature of the game and the, the day it stops being that is, will be the day that I stop playing it. So when Frontier turn around and say, we can't wait to see what people do with these things, I, I genuinely think they mean that because they don't know what yeah. people are going to do with these things. I don't think they would have, I don't think they would have turned around and said, oh yeah, the DSSA is going to be a thing. If anybody hasn't, hasn't seen that, look it up because it's amazing. The Fleetcom people are looking to put a fleet carrier in every single sector of the galaxy that long range explorers can use from now until the end of time. And can I just echo what you're saying, Burke? Because you know exactly what you've just said that they've they're gonna sit back and see what we all do with it. That's 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 the beauty yeah. of Elite. And surely going back to the the nugget of why we started, why we decided to do this round table to start with on, on the sort of low sodium friendos, at the end of the day, surely this has to be a positive thing and give people some encouragement that there should be and will be some really exciting stuff to come, even if you can't see it quite right now. The potential mm-hmm. that Kai's just talked about, that all you guys have just talked about, is all there. Um, it, it has to ultimately be positive, surely. Yeah, they just give us shovels. We got to go out there and build stuff with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah completely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you send castles. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think that I think it's about where we need to wrap it up, guys. Um, yeah. I want to thank every single one of you guys for joining us. I want to thank you guys for sharing your time with us and uh, your thoughts. Um, uh, Alec Turner, thank you. Burr Rainey, thank you. Uh, Astro, thank you. Uh, Plater, thank you very much. Uh, Watherspoon, thank you very much. Thank all of y'all very much. Thanks Uh, for inviting us. Absolute pleasure. It was a great discussion. I really look forward to doing this. I mean, maybe we start doing this every month, every couple months or something. I don't know. I'm not doing uh, it again. 
He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like you that much. <laughs> I look forward to seeing all of you guys uh, as we discuss the Meta Bay or the hey. May Beta. Yeah, I do have a question. What kind of food do you guys have? Oh, we're having pasta tonight. We're having pasta. Oh, pasta. Yeah. oh man, I'm hungry. Garlic bread. No. Garlic bread. <laughs> no. Mostly about a garlic bread, if I'm being brutally honest. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Well, I think this is where we're going to wrap it up there. Um, again, thank you guys very much for doing this. I had a great time. Yeah, really uh, enjoyed it. Thank sorry you about so the technical much. issues on my end. I have, I have, I think I've had Discord tra- crash like three times the entire time I've had it, and it crashed and just be. Mm-hmm. And then my little toggle mute thing was going crazy on me too. So yay! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been but, so great. Uh, you know, sharing audiences and with all these thoughtful <clears throat> voices. This is the highlight of my roller coaster so far. Yeah, um, man. this has been great. Yeah, really and, and for, That's not good. That means it's only going down from here. <laughs> for, for, all of, for all of the fans of all of the different streams, because it's like our fans, your fans, their fans, all of these different groups, I hope that people have enjoyed, and I hope that you click the like button, you know, donate to the Patreon of your streamer of choice or whatever. Like, show that appreciation for the fact that these guys are coming out and are willing to stand up to the negative backlash and say like, Hey, there's some cool stuff here. Right on. Well, um, that is where we're going to end the loose screw stream. Uh, thank you guys again. And, um, if you, one quick thing, if you guys, if anybody on, on, on my stream does not pay attention to anybody else in this stream, please go and watch what they do. Go, go, go watch Burr Pit. Go watch uh, Down to Earth. Go watch Plater. Go watch Wathers, uh, Galnet News Digest. These guys do a lot of work long before I even, or Kai, or Tracks came along. And you guys do great work. And I thank you guys for that. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. And check out the Bucky Ball Racers Club Discord. It's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that was the other one. Alec. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going yeah. down the list and forgot him. I hate that I forgot Alec now. <laughs> nah, it's all good, brother. It's good fun, everyone. Thank you very much. Right. Thank you, guys. Ciao. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. See you later, gang.